This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Then Shibata comes back with Chapin fucking. That's a tremendous conversation. I live a horrible existence, so. All right, stop. Triple A. Very hard on yourself just for never yeah. being on a boat. I mean, uh, well, I, you know, why don't I know anybody who owns a boat? And we are live here on the flagship. I'm Rich Craig. He's Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Doing well. Cracking open a uh, Mountain Dew voodoo right now. You ever get into the. Uh, the themed Mountain Dews ever, or no? Do you consider those uh, Chikara Mountain Dews? Yeah, okay, it's a gimmick Mountain Dews. I know that's your thing. You yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the, the gimmick Mountain Dews. Yeah, there's, uh, they've gotten a little too gimmicky in recent weeks, or recent years, I should say. I mean, they have, like, there's, like, 20 out there. There's, like, a KFC exclusive. And I'm like, I'm not going to go to KFC to drink this. Like, if it's in the store, or if it's, like, the, the Halloween or the Christmas Mountain Dew, I'll drink that. I'm not going to... You're not going to get me into a KFC just to try your radical orange or whatever the hell fuck. I forget what it even is, what flavor it is. That, that's that's where I draw the line. If I can't get it at a gas station, I'm not, I'm not counting it. So, Do they all taste like Mountain Dew in some way? or are they just Actually, no. Yeah, and that's kind of the funny thing with this voodoo. So I, I don't know if you know any of the craze of the Mountain Dew voodoo, but there's it's a mystery flavor every single year. So every year it's, it's, it's a Halloween-themed uh, Mountain Dew, and there's always this... They come out with it. They don't tell you what the flavor is. I don't know if they ever officially declare what the flavor is, but people get nuts. I mean, there's you. You thought you thought wrestling Twitter was bad. You just see voodoo Twitter. Like people are like, I think it's a red Starburst. People are like, you're so dumb. It's not red Starburst. It's Smarties. You idiot. You know what I mean? It's just like it's wild how people like they plant their flags in whatever flavor they think it is. If they think it's you know Gobstoppers, they are they're Gobstoppers, and that's it. And then the people that also think it's Gobstoppers are like, yeah, dude, you're fucking right. It is definitely Gobstoppers. And then like. Oh no, that's definitely Skittles guy comes in and then it's just, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's wild. And, and largely like all those flavors kind of do taste the same. So it's pretty easy to mix them all up, but uh, I don't, I, f- I forget if Mountain Dew actually does declare what the flavor actually is at the end of the year or not, or, or they just let people, you know, wildly speculate all year until they, you know, just take them off the shelves and then nobody cares anymore. So. Yeah, it's, um, it's a shame that Mountain Dew Twitter can't be as, as pleasant and, uh, and light and fun as wrestling. Oh yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, as as we all just uh, banter and laugh and have yeah. fun about our shared hobby. <laughs> right. AEW Dynamite was good this week. Thanks. I agree. <laughs> was... Yeah, yeah. Right. Always a uh, lot of fun. Always pleasant. Yeah, it's uh, yes, it's it's been pretty nice not <laughs> not to check it very often. It's, I can't lie, I don't uh, don't miss it that much. So um, it's been good. But hey, make sure you keep following us because we uh, we post stuff on there still. Not you know takes, but articles and, and and stuff. So not we, sir. Yeah, I. Sorry, I should say I'm posting. Uh, yes, you were. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's. I uh, I I I removed myself from the account. Let me tell you, I I didn't want to remove myself from the account. At one time, I I thought that I genuinely enjoyed Twitter, and and uh, I did not want to leave it, and I thought. I would uh, have a giant hole in my life without doing the tweets. And that lasted about 24 hours. And then it's like the clouds opened up and there was a, uh, I had a giant epiphany 
And there were all kinds of um, unexpected positives with never tweeting again that I didn't expect to experience. Um, and, and now I can't ever see, see, I constantly have people telling me, Joe, just come back, please come back to Twitter. Just come back to Twitter. You know, we, we need you on Twitter. Uh, nobody cares. Just, just come, just come tweet again, jump back into the banter, but I don't think I'm ever coming back. I mean, because after that first couple of hours of, of, of kind of compulsively grabbing at the phone to, to tweet something out, oh, this is going to be a, I got a great thought on it. Once that passed and once the itch was gone to post every take, uh, there was, there have been so many positive benefits to not being on the app that I can't ever see myself going back. It's like this. The only way I could describe it is the burden of Twitter has been lifted off of my shoulders. And it really was a burden. Like the, the, the whole feeling the need to have a take on everything in order to help build the brand of voices of wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I've got to have a take on this thing that's happening. You know, that's gone for 10 years. Yeah. For 10 years, every single day, (laughs) even if I'm on a vacation, I'm tweeting pictures on my vacation so that people can, you know, know what I'm doing at all times. And it's, you know, you get kind of addicted to that. It, it, it feels like that's part of your job. That feels like it's it part of what like it is. A, it just felt like it was something that had to be done. Like just, God, I have to have a take. Well, we always, we always talked about I, that too. And I think I still have this to, to, to some extent, but like I wouldn't watch wrestling without thinking, okay, what's my take on this? Or what am I going to say about this? Or what am I yes. saying about this match or whatever? And it did like, I could have sat down and watched a, a random, you know, Tito Santana versus whoever match from, and I was like, I, be, I better tell people I'm watching Tito Santana versus this guy or whatever. And, and give my thoughts about this match. And it's like, no, just watch it. I, and I wouldn't watch wrestling without thinking, well, what is my take on this? What is my thought on this yeah. match? I couldn't just sit down and watch wrestling. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the burden of Twitter. But um, and and then there's other things like this. Uh, just being on the app, you don't realize, or maybe you do, but I didn't realize how many hours I'm spending on the app. I have all of this free time. I know it sounds crazy, but I have all this extra time that I didn't have before, and I realize it's because I'm not compulsively checking the app or getting tied up in a half day long argument about something <laughs> yeah. dumb, you know? And, 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 and the other thing it frees you from is just feeling the need to respond to some God awful take from some complete idiot that has like 38 followers. But for whatever reason, the take just hits you a certain way and you feel like you have to, Say something to this right, person. Right, right, right. That, that's gone. I that's that's removed from my existence. And now it's like when I'm in a Slack chat or a group chat or a Discord or something, and somebody will post a really bad tweet, you know, for everybody to shit on and laugh about. And now I just look at those kinds of tweets and think to myself, yeah, yeah. That's a really bad tweet. <laughs> right. that, the, that person, the one recently, that and I don't want to, I don't want to pick on this guy because many people every day people are are, are posting horrible tweets, yeah, uh, and horrible takes. But the Snowden tweet about Ring of Honor that we're going to talk about our top top, where ah. he's, you know, ah, here's Ring of Honor. Nobody gives them any credit. They were, you know, underreported and nobody talked about it at the time. You know, I'm paraphrasing exactly what it was. Like, 
that was one where I was just like, oh, like I got the compulsion for like five minutes. And then I was yeah. like, no, nah. because in the old days, in 2016, we're barreling down. like Joe. You're you're canceling all your plans, dinner plans. Are yeah. ca- like you are you are sitting down, and we are going after that, and we are going to reply to everybody and argue with people for like four days. That Ring of Honor did indeed get credit in 2005 uh, from the Wrestling Observer. We'd find clips from the Wrestling Observer to prove no, 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 you are wrong, sir. And instead, I was just like, eh, that's a dumb tweet. And then I kind of closed it and went on, and I was like, wow. That's that's fun. Yeah, that's kind of fun. You could just say, fuck, that's a bad tweet. All right, well, let somebody... And then, like, it's actually kind of fun because people are still, you know, obviously doing it. And you can yeah. kind of watch all the, you know, all the the world burn and you're kind of like, eh, yeah, all right. <laughs> to, to be fair to Snowden, he realized it was a bad tweet yes. and he deleted it and, like, actually... Tweet made another tweet that said, "Yeah, that was a bad one." Right, I'm which I, I get, and that's why I didn't want to pick uh, pick him out because I he, he was just yeah. the most recent bad tweet that I remembered. Yes, but all yes. the credit in the world to him for saying, "Ah, that tweet fucking sucked." Sorry, <laughs> like, which is great. Like, Look, that didn't come out the way I meant it. It sucked. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, I think he was just saying we don't give enough credit to how revolutionary Ring of Honor was, but the way he yeah. worded it was like, but again, like we wouldn't have let him have time to reply that. No, we would have buried him. He would have talked shit. We, he would have been in the DMs. We would have been in the DM. Like, we would have just absolutely flamed each other for 24 hours straight for no reason. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a waste of time. And like, I don't I care. See. Like, so it's fine. Like, I don't like, but I'd be like, you fucking idiot. You're dumb, you motherfucker. And then, like, all of our followers would be tweeting at him and all of his followers would be tweeting at us. We're like, what are we doing? Yeah, now I see I'm these bad dumb. tweets. And especially the ones from randos. Like, I'll see these bad tweets from randos. And now my, my thought is just, yeah, that person's really dumb. And then I never think about it again. Whereas if this were a month ago, I would think about the most creative way to shit on that person's <laughs> talk on this guy and make him feel yeah, like yeah, and it's just yeah. you know, and and and, and you know, it, it's um, it, it, you you re- you know, I, I quickly came to realize about forty eight hours later that um, you know, once the itch had passed, and now look, there were some topics where I'm like, I was ready to beg for the password again, uh, you know, like. Uh, when when Rampage beat SmackDown head to head for that half hour, do you know how hard it was <laughs> not to beg you for the for the password to fire some off? And um, it's funny because we had someone very high up in the wrestling world drop into our DMs, according to you, and they even noticed. They were like, "Hey, you haven't tweeted about this." Yeah. Hey, give me your take. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. And you had to explain to them, "Hey, look, we're not doing this anymore." And and you explained to them everything and why, and they were like, oh yeah, well, well what, yeah, fuck them, you know. And, but it's like it's funny because and and every day, I've been getting text messages, messages on other outlets that aren't Twitter, all these other things. People are like, just just come back. And and the more time that passes, I'm like, that's less and less likely. Like it's it's uh, you know, I thought it would be harder than it is to stay away. Like I don't even. I, you know, the first couple of days I was checking some timelines of some of some people I like and 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 things like I don't even do that anymore. It's like I I, I don't I, it's uh I don't miss it. It it, it, it it I realize now that more I'm removed from it, it was really a burden. It was a burden on my life more than anything. Um, to constantly feel like you had to have a take, and um and and the inevitable just fucking shit that that would uh. That that would follow. So. I, I I won't lie, and I don't know if I don't know if the listeners kind of get this the same vibe as well. But I kind of look forward 
to the flagships a little bit more because I don't know what your thoughts are on a lot of these things. Like we, you know, normally I would just know exactly what you're going to think, exactly your review of the match, all this sort of. I have no idea. Like I, 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 you know, obviously on Discord and Slack and stuff, I see some of your thoughts on on, on stuff, but largely we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, and I don't know what your real take is on it versus you know back in the day where we'd both be firing off all day, every day, all of our opinions, and then come on the show, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know, like, to me, it kind of feels like the old days of, of, of the flagship, like, way back, like, way before m- most people here were listening, when there were still, you know, 10 people listening, it was Larry and, and Biss and, like, 10 other people listening to this show, but, like, where, like, I would sit down and be like, I don't know, we're just gonna talk about these things, and I have no idea where Joe stands on him, like, whatever, you know, and, and that was fun, that was kind of fun and exciting, so, uh, even oh. though, I think there's some topics today that we might completely disagree about, I have no idea, and that's gonna be fun. I think... From a business perspective, I I think that, um, and we talked about this even when we were tweeting regularly. We we both we've had the conversation where we're like, hey, we should tweet less because pe- it needs to be a mystery what we think about things. You know, why are we giving away all of our thoughts for free? They have value, right? So I think in a weird way it could increase downloads and in certain aspects of the business. None of the listeners care about this, but um, because for the reason you just stated, like because people don't know what the fuck we think about anything anymore. So I think that could be another positive byproduct. One other quick thought before we move on. Um, I was having an email conversation with somebody who I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell people who they, who it is, um, you know, but um, you know, somebody, you know, prominent in the wrestling space. And and we were just talking about all of this. And this person said to me, um, I think I'm going to follow your lead and, and scale back on Twitter after we had this long back and forth about all the positive benefits and, and all that. And he, and he said something that really hit home with me. He said, um, I, I'm just tired of the app shaping my worldview of what people think because it's not. Do you know, do you know what they mean by that? I, like, I do, yeah. It's, it's, he, he, this person is tired of the, the app shaping his worldview and the way he phrased that was uh it was pretty uh uh poignant to me it was because it's true like you you really do allow this small percentage of 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 people in the fandom to to you can't help but let it influence your worldview you can't help it every WWE fan is a mouth breathing idiot who doesn't understand every AEW fan is like, like it, and, and it, it really is toxic in that way. I hate the word toxic. I think it's overused, but it, it's, it's toxic in that way where it, it does start to shape your worldview on things. And, and I think that's another positive benefit to where, you know, like you said, for this show, I could come on this show and talk about things. And not only do I not necessarily know what you think, I don't really know what anybody thinks about any of this shit because I'm not paying as close attention to it. Yeah, we're, we, our and finger I, isn't on the pulse of the consensus right now, which might actually be pretty fun <laughs> to do a show make, like that. Yeah, I think it, yeah, I was thinking it last week. I mean, I think it'll make for a better show. It's like you're not subliminally driven into certain thoughts. Like I'm, I'm not saying that. I've ever been directly influenced by what other people think, but you can't help sub- it though. There's no way. Yeah, there's you no are. way. You I absolutely mean, you can't. Are. Yeah, you're you always everyone's biased in some way. Something 
creates a yeah. bias in your mind, whether it's this is what the media you consume or the people you follow or whatever, or the way you were raised or the way you were growing or your parents, right? Like no matter what, like you are biased in some way. Nobody is completely like a, a, you know, a blank slate. You know, you're always biased or always put in some sort of direction or some little pocket. And especially in social media where you can create your own little, you know, universe and your own little silo or whatever. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's of course going to, you know, shape your worldview. No doubt. I just think too, that maybe subconsciously it's like, well, I'm not going to fire off this particular opinion because I don't want to deal with what this corner of the fandom will say to me on Twitter or what this corner of the fandom will think if I say this. I, I That that kind of stuff is like removed from my brain. Like now it's just it, – it, it's almost uh, more unfiltered with the thoughts because you're not concerned with, oh, who's going to be in my DMs tomorrow if I say this? Or who's gonna? Do you know what I mean by that? Right. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean anyone. this. This famously or, happened a couple of years ago. I mean, we we every single WrestleMania weekend would just rag on every single WrestleMania weekend show. That was our gimmick. We would just yeah. come on the show and say this show sucks. That guy's garbage. And that was kind of our gimmick. Like we didn't. We watched it all. We consumed it all. I went to some of the shows that I was saying was garbage or whatever. But we got so big that that one year we made fun of AIW and then they went no. You know what I mean? And it's like there are there are people to this day who hate our yes because, yes. And it was the same the thing light, we had done for years and years and yeah, years. For years. But then I, I didn't want to do it again. Of the sh- yeah, exactly. Right. And then you become gun shy. And then it's like- the next year, WrestleMania weekend, I was like, well, do you want to do the gimmick? And you're like, eh. like, I don't know. It made a lot of people, you know, it was it wasn't worth it. Like, you know, I, I don't know. People seem to be very upset by it. Maybe we have to do it in a nicer way or whatever. Whereas like, no, nah, fuck that. It's a fun little gimmick. And so we did on our show and our listeners knew it and our listeners knew what the gimmick was. But yeah, it got, you know, people would find out about that it. And listeners found it and they thought that we were the light razzing we're giving to these shows. Right. Just and. Fun. And, People are like you yeah. fuckers, and I was like, I'm going to half these shows. I'm bragging on you, idiot. They're like, you don't support it better wrestling. I'm going to five of these shows that I'm saying suck. Like I'm giving AIW, them money. Yeah, right. AIW had Eddie Kingston cut a promo on us, <laughs> right, right? Without naming us, you know, uh, you know, not he, you not know, he, the only Eddie Kingston promo directed at us. By the way, there is uh, like, there are like, several oh, over the years. I can promise you that are directed at us. So. Like the gist of it was like, oh, he probably didn't even know who we were or what it was. They probably just no, I think no, he knows. that one I really don't. listen to me because that one he's like, oh well, you know, there's people who say that AAW doesn't belong at WrestleMania weekend. Well, let me catch you in traffic at WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> Rich, I saw him at like seven shows. Like yeah, he, he caught, he saw us in traffic for sure. Just a wrestling promo, like you know. But yeah. but that's t- t- the extent that you know. Th- but that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Because then, like the next year, it's like we don't want to just like we don't want to deal with it anymore. We don't want to be, you know. So then we, it, we we would hold back, you know. But it's like that. That's a pretty good example of what I'm trying to talk about. But but I even mean just, you know, like like letting the Twitter worldview shape what you think you can or cannot say. And I'm not saying we've ever been cowardly in our takes because that's not a problem. Um, Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself, Joe. (laughs) Maybe a problem in the opposite direction, but it's like, you know, it's still like subliminally. I think it, 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 it does make you less gun shy. um, When you, when you, when you don't know, you know, what, what the right opinion is on something or, or, you know who who this one's going to uh, offend or bother if we if we if we have this take on this thing and I I think a lot of that I think it it makes for a better show a more intriguing show too if people don't know what all our thoughts are coming in um, so there there's there's just uh, so many benefits 
And um, to all the people who keep asking me, no, I don't think I'm coming back. I mean, I keep telling all of you that privately. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, I, I may as well tell everybody now. I mean, I, I just I don't think the positives outweigh uh, the negatives. And then, of course, it all circles back to the original reason I left anyway, which I think is a valid one. Absolutely. I'm tired of bringing all this negative attention to people who don't deserve it. So and that that was the number one. Re- but now there's all these other side reasons where it's like. God, this was such a great move. I, I might like Rich. I don't even have my phone in the same room as me a lot, a lot of the time anymore, which is absurd. Like my wife notices; she's like, "You're never on your phone anymore." Well, yeah, some, like, somebody brought this up to me. They said like, "Oh, it's probably good that Joe's not on Twitter because I." And they they remember this thing. And I think it wasn't that long ago. It may have only been a couple months ago, where you said that once your wife mentioned you guys were at dinner, and she was like, "Why are you on your phone? We're at dinner." And you're like, "Ah, this twelve year old's got a bad take or whatever, and I got to tell him he's wrong." And it's like. You know, like yeah. we joke and we're laughing like, ha, 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 ha. But it, like, truly, that's truth. like pathetic. You know what I mean? That's horrible. Like, yeah. you shouldn't do that. Like, you should, you're at dinner with your wife. Like, put your fucking phone away. Don't, it's some random, you know, WWE fan 69 XXX. And you're like, oh, no, I got to tell this guy that Indy Hartwell's bad or whatever. Who cares? Just put your fucking phone down, man. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's so, but I'm the same way. Like, there's times where I find myself. Uh, doing that, and it's just like, what am I doing? And like, you you kind of snap out of it and go, what are you doing? But it doesn't. You sometimes do need to do like a complete reset to to realize, wait, what was I doing? Like, how pathetic was my life? Like, why was I doing that? Yeah, yeah, and you don't realize it until you're removed from it. And it's like, um, the, the that like last weekend took the kids to some fucking dopey pumpkin there we go joe's yeah see your free time you're going to pumpkin farms baby well, we go, go to that every year we go to this this, this oh but you thing. enjoyed it more this year is what you're trying to say no no, no. Hey, well, you let me make my damn point <laughs> go ahead so we go to this fall festival that we go to every year and um i i it, it's so funny because i accidentally left my phone in the car okay and i didn't realize that i accidentally left my phone in the car until we got back in the car to go home that would have been unheard of had I still had that fucking app on the phone because any free moment where my mind wasn't occupied with literally any other thought you reach for the phone and you, you scroll through the mentions on Twitter. I mean, so it's just like even something like that where I'm like, wow, like, you know, and now at home, like I don't even know what room my phone is in half the time because I'm not thinking about it because if nobody's texting me, I'm, I have no reason to be on it. So there's, you know, all of that aspect too. Like, I don't know if I would go as far. I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, I think it's uh, been just better for everything. So um, if anyone's been flirting with the idea, I highly recommend it. You know, especially if you're at the point where that we were, where we're just to that point where we had enough followers, where you can't say anything without someone fucking, being confrontational. Yeah, we always said at some point we're going to hate your favorite wrestler, or hate your favorite wrestling promotion, yeah. or you know we're going to do something that's going to make you mad at some point because we had just too many people following us. So. You know, our account is just too big to where you're not just bantering with people who understand you anymore. It's just you, we have people following us who don't listen to the show, who don't even like us. You know, you know what I mean? It's like that wasn't even an issue. Like, is less of an issue three years ago. It's like where. The more followers you have, the the more people you have following you who don't understand your tone, don't understand, you know, your inside jokes, don't understand, um, you know, what you really mean when you say something because they're just they're randos, and 
I think we had just reached that point and it just, you know, it, it leads to a million other problems and everything else. So, um, Hey, at voices wrestling on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. There's still, I mean, that, and, and, and what's good too is, uh, and a big reason why a lot of this stuff has happened, uh, is, you know, representing voices of wrestling as well. There's a lot of other stuff that goes on on that website. That's not the flagship. And that, that's a big reason why we also decided yeah. uh, to kind of change that. And now, uh, hopefully more people are seeing more articles and more podcasts from other people, uh, at the website. And, and that's probably a little bit better as opposed to just Joe and rich give their takes for 12 hours, 11, 15, you know, 20 hours of the day. And then occasionally in between there, there's some posts that we put on the website like that, that, you know, was untenable other, at a I mean, certain point, but yeah. I believe there'll be other changes too. I mean, it just, it, it, you know, I think both of us are also approaching um, and looking at different ways of how we approach this from a business sense. And, and, and just from, you know, it's just, it's kind of a reset in a lot of ways, you know, more than just uh, that way. And there's, uh, you know, ideas being kicked around on how to approach some things differently in, in, in other ways too. So I think, you know, um, it, it, it's just, uh, it, it really, it really was an incredible difference. Uh, the further I'm removed and I, I really thought I'd be wanting to scratch that itch, but the further removed I am from it, it's actually the less I want to be yeah, back for sure. It, it makes it pretty dumb. Yeah, I look at Twitter now. I'm like, this app is so dumb. <laughs> I just don't. Man, you don't you don't realize how stupid you <laughs> it's are. So and, and dumb. It's the worst. It's yeah. And, it's a um, horrid I, app. It's so bad. And the wrestling Twitter in particular has just gotten worse and worse. I mean, it's just you know uh, the tribalism everybody's talking about, and and um, it just. Uh, well, what it does know. is it answers the question that everybody always has of like, what would have happened if w- if Twitter was around during the Monday Night Wars? It would have yeah. fucking sucked. It, it would have been so it. fucking terrible. Or even like the New Japan Noah yeah. stuff. Awful is what it would be. It would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe so, worse uh, somehow, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh... But I do think this will be a better show for it. I yes. really do. Yeah, except this. I mean, this one in particular already sucks. But and last week kind of sucked. But after that, I think we're going to be good. <laughs> Why do you think every show sucks? I know. I think every show stinks. So. I thought last week was a great show. Everybody did. Yeah, yeah. No, it's one of those that I'm like, ah, I don't know. And everyone's like, ah, it was your best show in a while. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, Joe, you, we've had this discussion. I think every show sucks, basically. You do. So. Um, nah, sometimes you're fired up about a show. Sometimes you think it's a good. I, that's true. I know when that's you think true. It's that's a good true. One. Yeah. I know when you think it's a good one. <laughs> I I definitely have times where I think it's a really bad one, um, but I think that's more in my head. Like you, you know what happens sometimes where, um, I'll think that I was a blabbering idiot for an entire show that couldn't get my thoughts straight. It was tripping over my own tongue, but then when I listened back, I realized that that was may have been what was going on in my head, but that wasn't what was coming out of my mouth, mm-hmm. and the show was actually fine. Have you ever gone through that? Oh, yeah. Like you're yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Man, I really sucked on that show. I let Rich down. I let the listeners down because I just was all over the place. But then I go back and listen to the segments that I thought were where I was bad, and I'm like, oh well, my head was scattered, but my my words were good, so it was all fun. Uh, th- there's times where I know the show is really fucking great. I mean, I there's just times I know it. I thought last week's, I thought that one I, when that one ended, when I put the headset down last week, I was like, that's a great fucking show. People are gonna like that show. That's a great show. But um, but yeah, you are typically more cynical. But I know when you like one. I do know. I can tell. 
<laughs> you're you're more eager to get it up. You're like, ah, I might put this up tonight. I might put this up tonight. <laughs> right? Ah, you know, I got some time. Yeah, yeah I got some time. We'll because do it now. usually you're like, uh, I'm putting this up tomorrow, and I have to piss, and I'm tired. I got to go. Bye. Yeah, right. But right. then there's other times where you're like, ah, I might put this up tonight. I love my, I love my the way you do the impression of me with that voice. Yeah, I don't know. Is that, I feel like because that's how you that's how you sound. I might put this up tonight. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I don't know. Is that how I sound? Okay. See, I just right there. I'm just, you just sounded yeah, like that. I know. I got you. Yeah. So, you know, there's times I know you think it's good. Um, yeah, the problem so. is that's my show voice. When I talk to you off the air, I'm always the deep rich. I'm just like, all right, yeah, all right. <laughs> See you later. You sound, like you, want to, you sound like you want to be swinging from your neck in a garage. When you talk I'm to usually me. just very tired. Yeah, exhausted. Just fucking – and and listen, as Nick Khan has said, nobody gives a fuck out there. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why I don't say anything. Yeah. yeah. So – there you go. All right. Well, it is it is it, it is the Halloween show, Joe. So I, I of course we have to do our customary. We're not going to do it very long. We 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 every year we have a long candy discussion. I've I decided just, I'm not. Here's the thing. Yeah. I have a curveball for you. What? Oh no. What are you throwing here? I've decided I'm not participating in the candy talk. I'm gonna because here's here's why. Okay. Okay. People can't handle it. Like when you talk about the candy or food, <laughs> people get so protective of the things they like and don't like that. If they disagree, it's like they want to declare war. So I'm going to let you give all your takes on the candy, and you can take all the heat. Wow. You just you just did a whole segment about how you don't care about other people's perception is not going to influence the way you talk. And now you're scared to piss off Butterfinger twi- Twitter or something? Like, what's going oh, on Listen, here? not scared. I've taken this pounding. For for ten years with the candy and I, I was gonna, can't handle it. All I, I was merely it, Joe, I was merely going to ask you what are you offering to the children uh, of your neighborhood this this weekend? I've not made a decision yet. You don't? Do you not even have it, or do you have it and you're not sure what you're going to give them? Did you watch MLW Fusion Alpha Six this week? I did not watch MLW Fusion <laughs> Alpha Six this weekend. No. Los Parks, uh, uh, L.A. Park says, "Hey, listen, you got to get the full size, or you're just you're you're you know." So even L.A. Did he Park actually say the- that? Is that a real quote? Yes, L.A. Yes, Park said that he gives full size candy. Well, <laughs> I know he, he consumes full size candies. He gives out full size candies though. He buried people who don't give out full size candy. Wow! And wow! He, I feel attacked because I don't. He and, said and- he didn't like the smaller size confections. Is what the <laughs> said. That's incredible. Okay, so turns out I'm watching he, it. So is this at the end of the show? Or it's like in the middle or in something. In the middle, he, okay. He, so if you, I just go to MLW's YouTube page, I can find it. It's when the parks are, are in there. The latest MLW Fusion Alpha 6. Okay. Um, he, he also buried Milky Way. He said it was a bad gimmick. Ooh. And then a trick-or-treater with a lucha mask walked by, and they beat the shit out of him and stole his candy. So it was a tremendous segment. <laughs> that sounds incredible. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's they what we need to be doing. Off, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, that rules. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, that's Los Parks' take on things, but um, can't say I agree with the Milky Way take. Uh, definitely, I agree with the full size candy take. I'm just too much of a coward to do it because it's expensive. Yeah, and the problem that I always have with the full size candy thing is is you can't you can't have enough full size candy for everybody, right? Yeah, but no, listen, you gotta do what I do. But you gotta First know. I don't know can. if I know who the good ones are. Do you have it off to the side, and then yes, if they're good, you go wait a minute, one sec, and then yes, you. Yes, I get okay. it. I, listen, I only get like one or two boxes of the, of the full size. Okay. Okay. Because first of all, it's like eighteen dollars. <laughs> right. I really don't want to spend that much. Yeah. And the I'm worst thing that one year I bought so much fucking candy, Joe. I, you have no. I was. It was the first year we moved into this house, and I was just like, "We're in a neighborhood now. Like, it's gonna be crazy. It's nuts. It's uh, whatever." So we bought so much fucking candy. We had literally two trick or treaters. Two. 
And then I ate all that candy and I got fat <laughs> from eating all that candy. So Well, you got to know your neighborhood too. But listen, no, but then Nelson the next Bob. year, the next year, like a thousand people came. I had to run out. <laughs> that was the thing. I So we bought like one little bag and I was coming home from work and I get a frantic call from the nurse saying like, oh my God, stop and buy candy. Go right now. Go get candy. Yeah. But you're, you're getting, I mean, you're buying it on Halloween day. That's not going to work. I don't know if you've ever been to a, 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 a like a Walgreens or whatever a, a grocery store. You like, just gotta buy it, and if you got extra, you give it to the I nurse. Just, to I eat it, it though. I eat it all, and I'm fat already. Give it to the nurse to bring to the hospital. No. You'll be fine. But it the, just stays but in her car in the sheets at all. So why are you so anxious all the time? I just, just don't want to be easy, fat. <laughs> just take it and throw it in the garbage. Then who cares? That's like, a waste of money, so though. That's a, hold on, Joe. That's a waste of money now. So oh, for God's sake. <laughs> You got to learn the ways of the Gen X, Rich. You just can't care about everything. You cannot care about everything. Listen, so you can't – listen, I'm not Nelson Rockefeller. I can't buy full size for everybody. Okay? <laughs> so, yeah. The most so relevant I, rich person in the world, Nelson Rockefeller. Yes. You prefer died. a T-Boone Pickens? Like what do you want? When did T-Boone Nelson Pickens? Rockefeller die? <laughs> <laughs> he would have had to die like in the 60s. 1979, Nelson Rockefeller died, yeah. I think it's a good go-to rich guy T. reference. Boone Pickens, yeah. He's still – is T. Boone – no, we He's talked alive. about this. Is he alive? Good for him. He's got it. No, yeah, died in September of 2019. I, I was going to say, I think we did a T. Boone Pickens show uh, in, in September no. of 2019. Did the, so Did the COVID get him? What got him? Uh, well, that was pre – well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was one of the first uh, cases of COVID, yeah. but uh, – uh, he died at his home in Dallas, September 11th, 2019. So, I'm no Elon Musk. Is there that you the go. More... Yes, yeah. No, I, I prefer the Nelson Rockefeller, actually. So, I forgot. To say, I'm no Shad Khan. How's that one? <laughs> that, that works. Yeah, listeners will know that. He's like 34th richest man. He's in not. America. Yeah, dude. Do you ever know when you look at those lists and you're like, oh shit, fuck. <laughs> like he's pretty high on those lists. So that's good for him. No, they are disgustingly wealthy. Like, yeah, I don't know. If well, people always, yeah, people forget that when they're like, oh, Vince McMahon, he's, he's a billionaire. And it's like, these guys are so much richer than Vince McMahon. You have no fucking clue Dude, how rich these Tony, guys are. Yeah. When Tony Khan cut that promo on Nick Khan, remember that? Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, you might not want to poke that bear. And then I was like, wait a minute. He can buy and sell Nick <laughs> right, right. Like, like If he wanted to, he could, he could, he could. Call Nick Khan's representation and say, hi, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars for you to quit WWE tomorrow. And Nick Khan would do that tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, he would just be like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> I'd have to cover that 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 balloon payment he's got to give back to WWE. But they could do that. They could do That's they what I mean. If, they, if he really, truly wanted to. If he was like, fuck that company. Fuck this guy. I'm going to do this. Yeah, he could do that. And that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking, like, man, you don't want to mess with the, the rich and powerful Nick Khan. And then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> You're a hundred times richer than him. <laughs> one's a millionaire. One's a billionaire. What am I doing here? Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, listen. I'm no Nelson Rockefeller over here. I can't have a full size for everybody. So you buy, like, a case of the full size. You keep it on the side. When you get a bunch of teenagers wearing Brian Urlacher jerseys and putting no effort in, they get the mini fucking snicker. Yeah, right, right. You know, they get the mini snicker, the fucking Mary Janes, whatever the <laughs> shit Mr. Goodbar, give them a Mr. Goodbar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get Send the garbage. Away. Yeah. The no-name lollipops that you have as the backup when you run out of everything. Like, that's what they get. Now, cute little kids come, and they're putting some effort in, and they haven't been sullied by the world yet, and they're pure, and they're nice. Okay, they get the full size. That's how you distribute it. So it's a very uh, simple system that I have. I size you up. I size you up. If you look like a dirt bag who's going to put toilet paper in my tree, 
then you get the fucking shitty candy. If you're a cute little eight-year-old with a, uh, you know, with some effort into the costume, you look like you got some solid parents, I'm giving you the full size. That's all. It's easy. That sounds good. Okay, so so I I, I might I might adopt that this year. I haven't decided yet if I'm not because I'm the nurse is working, so I'm home alone. So it's pretty much up to my own. So I could there's two things I can do. There's two two methods I can do. Just turn the light off and not even care. <laughs> just don't do anything. Uh, yeah. Or I just have to sit out there like all day. And uh, I don't know. That sounds kind of terrible too. So because I can't do the doorbell, <sighs> the dogs go nuts. So I got I have to either sit on the front lawn and like hold court or. Can't you just put the fucking dog gate up and keep them in one room that that, that day? I mean, what's yeah, the, it's a then, Sunday, by the way, this year. It is. So it it's is. all day yeah, long. Yeah. Yeah, I you got to be ready for that. I'm a little worried about yeah. how that's going to go. So last year was a Saturday, but it was like COVID and everybody was like kind of weird about it. And like every neighborhood was like, oh, you can only go for this amount of hours and be spread out and don't even do it if you don't want to. But like, I don't know. There's like, it's like no rules. It's, it's anarchy all over again. So we'll see. Um, maybe it'll rain. I might just, I did the bowl one year. That didn't work. That did not work out well. The bowl. What the bowl? No, yeah, no, the bowl was gone. <laughs> I did it as a test. I was like, let's put the bowl out and see what happens. Literally, we went out like twenty five minutes later, bowl empty. And I was just like, all right, well, lesson. You're lucky the bowl. You're lucky the bowl itself. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, I, I'm surprised they didn't just take the whole thing. So, and, I, and fair play, play, fair play. I can't be upset yeah. at them. It was a test, and and they failed. So, you live in rough and tumble downtown Chicago. Oh, yeah, too, so of course, it's like, I live on Maxwell you, Street or or what? Halstead, Halstead. I live in Halstead. Yes, Halstead Street. Chicago, Hulk Cabanas from yeah, Maxwell. So. Cole Cabanners from Maxwell Street, but I live on Hall So it's Maxwell, yeah. Chicago. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, oh, right. Of course. Yeah, yeah. He sucked. Maxwell, Chicago. Remember? Oh, he was brutal. Yeah, he was a terrible wrestler. Terrible. Yeah, awful. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I'm yeah, sorry. The, rough, the, the rough streets of Chicago. <laughs> bullet holes in the side of your house. Where, right, where I actually live couldn't be further, but it's awesome. Yeah. Catching strays? Are you catching yeah, strays? Uh, oh, yeah. All the yeah. time, yeah. Yeah, every time I you get to your car, you gotta wipe all the bullets off of it. Yeah, you just gotta watch out. You gotta be careful. Yeah. Oh, definitely my um, town for sure. <laughs> it's so what? What? What candy are you gonna bury that you, that you are gonna get yelled at for in the Discord? Um, you don't know. I you know I'm not. I don't bury a whole lot of candies. Like I'm pretty. I'm pretty open for for any candy. So I uh, I am pretty particular about what candies I buy, mostly because what do I want to eat? afterwards so that that's an important part of it but I, I i think i have a pretty good collection here i got some skittles i got some starburst i got these life they're like these giant lifesaver but they're like uh lifesaver gummies those are pretty good a few of those gotten taken down you're, already you're a, you're a you're a fruity gummy guy i am yeah i tend to i tend to yeah. side more with that because like when people get like real into like oh no this chocolate versus that i like i'm like ah, eh, you know i could take or leave most chocolate bars to be honest but uh yeah. I, I have some strong dots thoughts you know and i have some strong skittles thoughts but yeah the rest of the stuff can can kind of be. I mean, Snickers is obviously. I think Snickers and Reese's are are the undisputed kings of of uh, chocolate. There's uh, a lot of chocolate snobs out there. Yeah, yeah. That it gets a little like because when people are like, "Oh yeah, Milky Way suck," I'm like, "They're fine, dude. Who cares?" Like, I I honestly am trying to think. Like, I even eat almond joys, man. I don't care. <laughs> Remember when my aforementioned discussion about being fat and just eating all the candy? I, like almond, I, like I don't care. Joy. I don't care. Any. I'm trying to think of honestly what because like you know there would always be that thing at, 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 when you were done being when you were a kid and you would you know. Get your your pillow sack full, you know. You, you you know you have everything filled with the fucking candy. You you throw it onto the carpet, and then like me and my friends would do this. We'd get the pillowcase and and, and fill it with candy, and then we'd go to some guy's house and just pour it all out on a on a carpet, and then just kind of disperse it that way or whatever. And I don't think I was ever like, oh, take these. I don't want these. I was always just like, I'll take them all, man. <laughs> like, you don't want almond joys? Great, I'll take twelve almond joys. I'm good. So yeah, yeah. 
Did you ever take your pillowcase and fill it with bars of soap and beat each other with it? Uh, no, that sounds barbaric. No, why would I do that? Full Metal Jacket? No, blanket. No, party, no, nothing. yeah, no. Never saw Full Metal Jacket. Right, uh, actually, I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen Full Metal Jacket. I don't uh, think I ever have. Is that bad? Should I have right. seen Full Metal Jacket? I mean, I I think you should see it. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. I, you know what I've never seen as well? Go watch Full Metal Jacket. I've never watched the what? Goonies. I've never seen the Goonies. Yeah, I mean, you should probably see the Goonies, but we were we were in Astoria, Oregon, and that's like I don't know how you avoid the Goonies. I like, don't know either. That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Fuck!" You I, see I don't the know. Goonies by accident. So I like, don't know how I never have. I honestly have never even stumbled in it. I, do I've, you understand Goonies pop culture references? Like, if someone mentions sloth, do you know what? That so means? I know like or the like, basic uh, premise of it, but well, and that's what I was gonna say is like we were in Astoria, Oregon, and and like. Somebody like people found out when I was in a store, and they're like, "Oh, Goonies!" Go-. And I'm like, oh, "All right, cool." <laughs> but is it like I guess it's filmed there, or it's about there, or whatever? The whole town is like, "Oh, Goonies!" There's like Goonies signs everywhere, all over the town. Like it's a big fucking deal in the yeah. town. And I was like, "I don't know, man. I don't get it." And I found this out. I found out that I had never seen it before when um, Stranger Things got big on Netflix, and everyone's like, "Oh, you'll like Stranger Things." And I'm like, "Oh, all right." They're like it's just like the Goonies, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> okay." <laughs> Yeah, I guess what I never it's watched either. Similar. Stranger Things. I, I was like, well, I don't care if it's like the Goonies because I've never watched the Goonies. So I didn't like Stranger Things. I thought it sucked. I don't like all that supernatural bullshit. You know me. I can't get into that. I figured it was the kids. Too many kids for you. Nah, I mean it's just more the fighting monsters and shit. Yeah. I have no monster collective stuff or, or nightmare collective. That's not your, you know. Dark Order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Millmore. Millmore days and fucking uh, Matanza and all that shit can go hit the bricks. So. Yeah, I don't, I just, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. It's like Mike Francesa said one time. He's like, I'm not into the flying sauces <laughs> and, the, and the aliens. You know, just give me, just give me boy meets girl, a nice love story. You know, that, that's. Was he know, talking about, indep- was he talking about Independence Day when he was uh, ranting? I don't here, know what so. movies he was referencing, but <laughs> that was like a classic bit that he did, you know, where people were like. Flying saucers. I don't even know flying saucers. I'm not into the flying saucers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> of course, Mike Francesa. Would, yeah. That's just perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Francesa <laughs> sitting on his couch. Watching some is, fucking UFO movie, going ah, the hell is this shit? <laughs> are there are there are there two better words for him to say <laughs> right. than flying saucers? <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> with, his, with his hand on his head, yeah, thinking, you know. yeah, uh, you know, making that face. I'm not into the flying saucers. <laughs> uh, this is you can probably find that clip on YouTube. I'm sure. Yeah, I might, I might have to go find that one. That's pretty incredible. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't bury any candy, so I, I am. Um, all right, I'll bear. You want me to bury the Butterfinger? No, no, That's we've fine. done that gimmick. No, no, no. It's fine. We're we're past that. We've, we're past that. I'm still picking one out of my teeth from 1998. So it's a terrible candy. I, I did see David. David in the chat room just say dots exist only to gunk up your mouth, and I, I completely disagree. Dots exist to be eaten by me a lot. See, I don't like anything that sticks in my teeth. That's my problem. That's fair. Well, I, that's that, that's gonna take a lot. Yeah. Okay. That's gonna take a lot. That that is why you're not a gummy yeah. guy then, because you kind of have to live for the. <laughs> Certain, like, there's soft gummies that don't stick in your teeth, but, like, the harder gummies, like the, uh, and, and you know, like, obviously Butterfinger or anything with toffee or anything like that, I can't do it. Oh, I, yeah, the toffee, that's going to hurt you. It bothers so. me. If I got to go in the bathroom and floss immediately or, or <laughs> like, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, so I no Heath bars. You're not a Heath bar guy because I, I love no. Heath bars. Oh, man. All right. No Heath bar. No. Like, I'd rather just eat 
a fucking Hershey bar. No gimmicks. Yeah, just- see, that's the worst uh, chocolate of them all, though. That that you know, that it, when when I'm talking about the things I would split up, I would definitely trade a Hershey's bar for just about anything, to be honest. So, so you're 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 a chocolate snob. Yeah. That's like you're a fucking beer snob. You know, you're a chocolate snob. I and I do I, I do like the the Hershey's that have like the almonds or whatever the Hershey's that have some of the other stuff but the plain old Hershey's you could unless it's in a s'more I got I got no use for it so yeah well that's it. see I'm not going anywhere else with this it's because people get real touchy they about their, their favorite upset. foods yeah, they get so mad well what is good though is as a, as a people I think we've just we we have decided now what candies are terrible and you really don't see them much anymore like they're not in the wild and that's to be fair I'm not going and trick or treating anymore but like you said the Mary Janes and that sort of shit like you would always get that and I'm like dude what are you doing like why do you have these nobody wants these nobody bought these like those things are good like the you know the fucking uh yeah oh there's the, the other ones there's these honey ones or something like that they're just Biddle, biddle honey. Yeah, Biddle Honey. Nobody wants that. Biddle like, Honey. Those are old lady candies. Right. Like, old <laughs> like, lady on the block gives those out. Yeah, biddle and I'm honey, like, oh, so she King. just had them and was like, oh, it's Halloween. Yes. So she just put them in a, yeah, okay. Yeah, you get a handful of Mary Jane, Biddle Honey, <laughs> honey and Peanut Butter Kisses. The pe- are Mary Jane's and Peanut Butter Kisses the same? Like the re- the orange and black wrapped, like? No, 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 no. Because what are Mary Jane's? I don't, I, maybe I don't know what Mary Jane's are. They're kind, They're just like. A really hard, chewy, fucking brown thing. They're gross. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. Or, or you get like loose circus peanuts. Has anybody enjoyed a circus peanut ever? No, even, it's in, even in even in 1930, did anybody go? Ah, what, what a treat! <laughs> circus peanuts. Like, you know, they're horrible. They're horrid. They're awful. In the 1930s voice. I yes, like, like, yeah, like no, I, I get can I, I get I don't like candy corn. I'm not going to get it. That's like the lowest hanging fruit to make fun of candy corn or whatever. But I get it. I understand yeah. candy corn. I don't like it. It's fine. I've never understood the circus peanuts. Here, here is the fucking <laughs> styrofoam from the bottom of a box that's now orange. Here you go. Eat it. It's they're horrible. Horrible. It's so dry. It's like trying to swallow cobwebs. <laughs> right. It's just it's awful. <laughs> It's terrible, you know. It's like you need a gallon of water just to get them down. They just yeah, and they taste horrible. They're that weird. You know, they're like scientifically fucking generated, just the way the texture is and everything. Like you know, you're eating something. Yeah, are they supposed to be probably. marshmallow? Is that what the? It's supposed to be marshmallow, no. right? <laughs> like I think that's no. what it's supposed to be. Is it not? What is it supposed to be? I, they're circus peanuts. I don't think they're supposed <laughs> to be. I don't think it's meant to be marshmallow. Like. Peeps are meant to be marshmallow. Right, 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 right. And that's just like you bite into a peep. It's like they're crunchy because there's so much sugar. Oh, like the it's, peeps you, are horrible. You feel the crunch. Yeah, peeps are, are, are awful too. But I eat a peep. I feel like all right, all my teeth are gonna fall. Every out year I eat one peep to remind myself that I don't like peeps. I'm like, ah, are they that bad? And then I eat them. And I'm like, yeah, they're that bad. And then I just throw the rest of them away. So um. uh, we see there are circus peanut fans in the uh, chat. Oh, get out of here! Get swear to here. God, go gone, all of them. One funky note, I fucking love circus peanuts, hit the bricks. I, I think he needs to be banned forever. So I think I'm gonna I'm think I'm going to uh put <laughs> mute him for out. a moment. Yeah. Okay, I'm there you go. The yeah. Three hundred seconds, three hundred seconds to think about what you've yeah. done. So he's out of here. Yeah, three hundred seconds. All for uh standing circus peanuts. <laughs> right, that can't happen. So you can't have it. All right. Got an ad read or something? Can yeah, I got an ad read. Yeah, you wanna do that? Let's 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 do this. Let's talk about hair loss, Joe, because we are sponsored this week. By our friends at Keeps, and you know as a guy, and I know as a guy, and all the 
guys that are listening know, so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair, from how it feels, getting a fresh cut, to the way it's perfectly styled before going out. That's why when we get into our 20s and our 30s and we start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, nobody is ready to go bald. Thankfully, there is Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they are 35. And the best way to prevent that hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. So in the old days, the olden days, those 1930s that we were talking about, you'd have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescriptions. You had to go and get the weird things in the pharmacy and hit the button. And the person had to have come with all the keys and go, what do you want? And you have to say, I want the hair loss thing because I don't have any hair anymore. You can see. You know what I'm here for. You can tell what I'm here for. It's obviously the hair loss thing. And they would open it and give it to you. And then you have to follow them up to the register. It was horrible. It was embarrassing. It was awful. But thanks to Keeps, you don't have to do that anymore. You can visit a doctor online and get your hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to the pharmacy checkout lines and the awkward doctor visits. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. And as we said, Keeps treatments typically take between four to six months to see results, so it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you will save. And you can find out today why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 per month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. So let's talk about how you can get that first month free. All you're going to want to do is go to keeps.com slash VOW to keep uh, your hair there for the first month of your treatment. You're going to get it free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com keeps.com slash v-o-w again keeps.com slash v-o-w k-e-e-p-s dot com slash v-o-w you do that you're going to get your first month of treatment for free again it's keeps.com slash v-o-w and we thank them for sponsoring this week's show so all right this was not our plan initially to talk about this topic but it came up yesterday and uh we have to lead the show off with it it is a pretty big news uh, stuff that I was kind of shocked when I saw it as well. I had to kind of reread it a couple times to figure out what was all going on. And uh, I'm curious because, yeah, we have not talked about this, so I don't know exactly your take on this or what your thoughts are on this. But uh, uh, the big news that came out yesterday is that Ring of Honor announced that they're going to go on hiatus at the end of the year uh, until April 2022. So here is their quote directly from the website. Then we'll give you some more details and then give our thoughts here. It says, quote, throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everybody healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events, over 18 months, we were able to keep everybody fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our new business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will culminate with final battle in December, and we'll be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine Ring of Honor. ROH has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we, we reconceptualize ROH. We anticipate returning to live events in April for Supercard of Honor with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. So real quick, I'll just kind of run down what, what, what you got there. ROH is going to hold uh, the December 11th final battle pay-per-view. They're going to do TV tapings in November, and then after that, all contracted talent is done. They're all, I mean, it's going to be early in 2022. All their contracts are going to expire and they will all be let go. And they plan is obviously to be out the first quarter of 2022. And like they said, we anticipate returning to live events in April for Supercard of Honor. So presumably December 11th until April, Ring of Honor will 
largely cease to exist. We don't know what they're going to do with their TV. We don't know exactly what they're going to do there, but but that is the plan right now. Uh, Dave Meltzer on this morning's Wrestling Observer said the plan is, quote, essentially to be a indie promotion. Uh, they're going to book top indie talent as opposed to having regularly contracted wrestlers. So uh, Sinclair has not officially, has not canceled the ROH TV show either. So it's not dead. They haven't gotten canceled, but just things are going to be different, like they said, with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience wrestling fans. So, so what'd you make of this news when you did hear it yesterday that Ring of Honor is going on hiatus and, and will be gone essentially until April 2022? Now, talent, the, the people under contract that are going to be paid through the end of the year, and if their contracts were up at the end of this year, they're going to be paid through the end of the year. If they had longer-term contracts, they're going to be paid through March, I think. But all of these people are free to work wherever they want right now. That's correct, right? Isn't that, that is the, correct? Yeah. So, so I guess the yeah. the thing was, hey, we're all going to let you guys go. We are still going to pay you, but if you want to take bookings, go take bookings. And people already have. Bandito's yeah. already booked for yeah. GCW. Uh, we've heard of some other names getting you know scooped up by some different companies they can, as they well. Can, they can show up on Raw or Dynamite tomorrow. Yeah, they, exactly. If they want to. Yeah, right. But I think that they still have to go to the TV. They are are still obligated to go to the November yeah. TV tapings and are all uh, obligated to do obviously the December, you know. Uh, pay-per-view as well final battle if they want to continue being paid through the end of the year or through march or whatever but um so my whole thing about this is i think people are kind of running wild and attributing all of this to stuff that i don't really see evidence of i i i think that the answer is pretty simple in my view i think that covid killed Ring of Honor as we know it because they paid all of these people for 18 months, which was admirable and, you know, was was probably the right thing to do. But they didn't bring in any revenue. They weren't running shows, period. Then they ran some shows with no fans. They ran a couple of shows, a small handful of shows where they sold some tickets, but nothing significant to this kind of bottom line. I mean, we're talking crowds of a couple hundred people two or three times. That's a couple thousand dollars. It may as well have been zero dollars. They ran a couple of pay-per-views that presumably did, again, very little business in, in, in the grand scheme of things in terms of making up all of that lost revenue over the course of 18 months. So with all of the other problems that Sinclair is having right now with their data breaches and all of this and um, the bad investment they made into the regional sports networks, which I'm sure you're going to talk about a little more and give more detail on. And they're trying to get out from under that because that turned out to be a very bad business deal uh, that could potentially sink the whole company, worst case scenario. Um, and now they have this line item on their on their docket, on their P&L sheet for this wrestling company that has done nothing but lose money over the last 18 months because it's not driving any revenue aside from ad revenue from the TV. So that's an easy thing to cut. Um, when they see all of these various six-figure contracts for the top stars and all these other contracts for everybody else, it's not just wrestlers. You have office personnel, television announcers, whoever else you know works for the promotion. It's easy to cut, you know. So I mean, I chalk this up to COVID because I feel like before COVID, if you look at where ROH was, they were still signing big-name free agents. They were still giving out competitive contracts in a competitive environment uh they were running shows they weren't drawing like gangbusters of course attendance has gone down since they lost the elite but i think people are over exaggerating just how poorly they were doing they they were obviously doing well enough to where 
Sinclair was still greenlighting them to sign major free agents and and uh, and operate this company. So I, I really don't think this has much to do with poor business or declining business or losing the elite, which happened eons ago at this point in wrestling time or the existence of AEW or any of those things. I think the simple answer to this is 18 months of drawing no revenue with nothing but expenditures and all of the other problems piled on top of Sinclair uh, in the interim uh, have caused this shift. And one more point before I know you're raring to go. One more quick point is that um, the fact that they're keeping the TV tells you that the ad revenue that they're getting from that television and with, with all of the time that they fill on those Sinclair stations with the ROH TV show is valuable to them because they didn't shut here. Here's the other thing. They did, did not shut the company down. The company is not folding, but cut the um, salaries down to X amount. We could still make money on this thing because, you know, X amount of people are watching it, it. You know, you know, it's driving better ad rates than most of the other shit that's on these Sinclair stations, reruns of old fucking sitcoms and all this other shit. There's nothing on these Sinclair. Oh, they're channels terrible. Oh, my God. Anybody's awful, watching. Yeah. It's the only thing anyone's watching it are, are, is the local news and the fucking ring of honor is, you know, so they're keeping the TV, which tells you that that has value, but they're downsizing and they're going to run it with fucking 50 buck a night talent, a hundred dollar a night talent. And, um, you know, so that tells me that this was primarily COVID driven in my mind. I, I don't see this as, oh my God, you know, AEW put these guys out or no, I, I mean, I feel like if COVID never happened, I, I, I don't feel like this would be happening. That that's my take on Thursday, the day the story broke as it's still developing. Hopefully we learn more. Yeah. And, and, and I largely agree with you. And I think this is something that I go back to the old ROH wrestling message board. You could probably hear me complaining and getting nuts about this in, in, in 2011 is when they got sold to Sinclair. I and, and I you were on that board as well, right? That message board. I remember. I don't know if you're a frequent poster. Which board, on that board are we talking about? Uh, the ROH official wrestling board I, on their on their on their website. There was a message. You mean board. in the Gabe era? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, I lurked on that board for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I posted on there as well. So I remember when they got sold to Sinclair, I remember going nuts about it at the time thinking, okay, this is bad. And people say, no, 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 it's good. Sinclair's going to put money in them. And Sinclair's this big company and all this sort of stuff. And I said, no, this is bad. This is terrible because they are now a line item. You know, they can easily be deleted, replaced, getting rid of. An accountant can just come up and say, what is this shit? Get rid of this. And and it's gone, you know what I mean, without any thought of what's going on or what's, you know, how, how you know, any, all that sort of stuff. That was initially in, in, in 2011, I was saying, it's, this is the end. You know, this company is going to be around for a couple more years and then someone's going to get a bug up their ass and just decide, ah, why are we paying for wrestling? Forget this. Let's go. I was obviously wrong about that. <laughs> you know, it stayed in business for 10 more years uh, after the Sinclair purchase. Largely, like we said, that they, they seemed pretty happy with what Ring of Honor was giving uh, to them for, for a lot of years, but that still always loomed that at the end of the day, and we talked about it before, it was is the gift and the curse of Ring of Honor. The gift is you're a line item in a giant company, so at least you have a line of money that you can always kind of go to and pull as long as they don't notice that you're doing it. Or at one point, some accountant doesn't go, what the hell is this stuff? Wrestling, who cares? You know, ah, whatever. And and maybe, you know, somebody can fight and say, no, 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 they do good ad rates. No, no, they're fine. Like, keep them, get rid of, you know, 
this, you know, get rid of this stupid thing here. And they go, okay, yeah, whatever. You know, that, that was always the idea. And it seemed like for a while that ROH was, because ROH was never really bringing in a ton of money. You know, there wasn't ever a year where we, you know, maybe it was the 2016 to, to 2017 era, you know, that little era where we, we'd say, ah, you know what, they were probably doing pretty well in that time. Maybe they were bringing in, maybe they were actually in the black or whatever. I have no idea. I probably not. I would guess they were probably always running a little bit in the red, but at least at the end of the day, they were bringing ad revenue. They were bringing cheap programming. They were doing all that sort of stuff to, to Sinclair where they didn't really care. It didn't really matter too much to them. But like you said, and that's why I, I agree with your overall point, is that COVID comes and they're not bringing in any revenue. They're not doing anything. And then you have the perfect storm of Sinclair having this huge data breach. And I think largely looking at all of their books and saying it's not just because of the data breach. Obviously, the data breach is a big, big deal. And that it, it's I don't know enough about the the intricacies of the data breach. But I do know that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that was bad. Like, that's a lot of shit that that got you know, take in a lot. I mean, hell, this week's Ring of Honor didn't air. You know what I mean? They had, quote, technical difficulties. So golly knows what got taken or if they still have access or whatever. Like, a disaster. It was an absolute, absolute disaster. But the flip side of that, too, and the part that I think some people are are not aware of, if you're not into the sports media world and the sports TV world, is that Sinclair, at uh, the beginning of this year, uh, early on this year, spent an ungodly amount of money to buy all the old Fox Sports Net channels, all these old regional sports networks that were Fox Sports Net or whatever before, and bring them all under their umbrella. So all these were Sinclair properties, and then they eventually, they rebranded them to the Bally's. So any any you know sports network you see that says Bally's on it is owned by Sinclair right now. They, they own all those. The problem was, is they spent uh, about $9.8 billion, I think, to buy all these RSNs. It was something like that, some some insanely large number, somewhere between the 9 and $10 billion. It doesn't matter at that point. It's, it's just a lot of fucking money. Uh, the problem is they borrowed $8 million to make that purchase. Now, again, I, I wish I could borrow on that, on that line of credit, but I can't, Joe. They won't let me do that. But what, what the problem is is the investment doesn't look good right now because RSNs are, 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 you know, they're struggling right now. A lot of these TV networks and a lot of these – or a lot of these sports leagues, I should say, are now starting to look at, hey, you know what? Why don't we just cut this middleman out and do our own thing and distribute our own stuff and do all this sort of stuff, which was going to be the big death knell that everybody was kind of waiting for with the RSNs. Well, it may have come now. It may be coming pretty soon, and that makes that investment that that was a probably a terrible investment anyway in terms of how much they paid for all these RSNs. It makes that, that future investment of that look even worse if – MLB just says, you know what, now nah, we're not going to let you show our stuff. We're going to show our stuff on our networks or you have to lease it through us or whatever. It's going to be a big issue. And that has a lot of people in Sinclair thinking, well, what the fuck is our business? What are we doing? We, we spent all this money on this thing that might not be worth anything, <laughs> you know, in a year or two. Uh, you know, we spent almost $10 billion on something that might not be worth anything. So everybody is getting reassessed. Everything in that in that company is being assessed. And that is where we get back to Ring of Honor that, you know, it was the same thing with WCW. Once WCW was no longer successful, it was open to an accountant saying, what are we doing here? And getting yeah. rid of it immediately. And yeah. that is kind of my thought. So it's partially Ring of Honor. It's partially COVID. And it's also partially that there's nobody probably in that room that can really give an actual reason why Ring of Honor needs to exist in its current form. You know what I mean? If they were selling out, you know, if they were doing a thousand tickets every single week or or getting these big numbers or all this sort of stuff, right? This insane social media following. You know, yeah, maybe, you know, I don't know. Would, would this still be happening? It'd probably still maybe potentially be a problem. But I, I tend to think it's the same thing with WCW where people always go, oh, well, no, it's Jamie Kellner. Oh, no, it was, you know, Turner and they were going to sell. Yeah, but if WCW was doing gangbusters, if WCW was the business it was in 1997, it's not as easy to say, hey, get rid of this wrestling shit. And someone could say, whoa, 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 no, hold on a minute. Like, let me tell you what they're doing. They're doing big time things here. They're doing big stuff. That's not the case with Ring of Honor. 
So there is nobody in that room. And, and Joe Coff, I think he even said, I think the reports have come out that in that meeting, he claims that I fought, I fought, I fought, I fought. And, and I believe him because that's, you know, his, his, his baby really is Ring of Honor. And I believe that he fought him. But at the end of the day, when hard questions were asked about the business of Ring of Honor and he had to give honest answers, there's no good answer that makes it so, yeah, let's continue and invest a bunch of money in this company. And that sucks. Like, that sucks that it's that way. But COVID hurt it. I think overall business of Ring of Honor hurt it because it's not like they can say, well, hey, look, pre-COVID, we were doing, you know, 10,000, you know, we're doing 1,000 a week and, and all these different things or whatever. And look at the ratings and look at all this sort of stuff. They can't even point to that. They can point to stuff from six years ago, five years ago or whatever. And then they can also say, well, yeah, what have you guys done in the last year? Well, absolutely nothing except for spend money and not run shows. And then we try to come back and nobody really bought tickets to our shows. There's just no – anybody on that other side of that table – has literally nothing in the Ring of Honor favor to say, no, this is why you guys need to continue spending money on this thing. So to me, it seemed like a no-brainer that it was going to happen. I think I think COVID is obviously the biggest factor of it, but I do think the ROH business played a little factor in it because if it was hot as hell, it wouldn't be gone as quickly as it was. It wouldn't be, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't think they would downsize it as much as they were, but I don't know how hot it would have had to be for for those people in that in that room or the accountant or whatever, whoever made this decision to say, ah, you know what? Yeah, we'll keep this thing. But Again, it doesn't matter because they didn't have that argument. They didn't have the COVID argument. And there's just simply no argument to keeping Ring of Honor in the current state that it was because it was just, I mean, for lack of a better term, it, it, it failed in its, 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 its structure and it failed in its, its, its what it tried to do. And it also failed because COVID came and, and they smartly decided, hey, let's chill out for a little bit. Let's let this thing pass. That was two years ago. And they can no longer just let it pass. And they had to bring stuff back. And then it just wasn't a hot product when they brought it back. And now here we are in, in whatever this is right now, this hiatus and, and, and whatever. And the Ring of Honor that we know is 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 done. It ceases to exist. And and, and that's that's a shame. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of weird I – mean, people are bringing back like, oh, it's Bully Ray booked this and like Flip Gordon. And then I'm like, it's not like it, – it's not one thing. It's not one it's guy. It's those, not one person. It's none yeah. of these things. It's none of these booking decisions. That's – I don't believe it's Madison Square Taven. Like I'm sure, and I'm saying, like I, I think it's it's none of those decisions solely. It's probably a little bit of everything, but it's also the biggest thing is COVID. They just couldn't run shows for 18 months. They didn't run shows for 18 months. They came back. They were cold as ice. They weren't really hot going into COVID, but then they were super cold after COVID and pretty much had nothing left at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because what would be the argument if I if I'm like, hey, Joe, you're Joe Coff, and I say, Joe, hey, that works. Joe, why should we continue to spend X amount of money on Ring of Honor? Yeah, I think that um <laughs> you got no answer. <laughs> it's just uh <laughs> Yeah. Please? I mean, it's like you're saying they weren't super hot going into COVID and you know, obviously coming out of it, it didn't it didn't feel like people were, you know, super excited about Ring of Honor coming back. I mean, I think that would have taken time, but Again, though, I don't think that they were in this super dire predicament before COVID hit that a lot of people are framing it to be. They were obviously not as hot as they were when the when the elite were around. Okay, there's no question about it. But I think it's a little revisionist to where people were like, you know, that they were on death's door before COVID. They they weren't. I mean, before COVID, we were talking about um we always had them in the conversation when there would uh you know big free agents would come available if they were a good fit and they were in you know they were bidding for major free agents against 
WWE and these major companies and winning in some cases. So um, I just don't think they were in a mindset at that time of uh, the clock ticking on this thing and then thinking about ending it all. I just don't think that was the mindset before COVID. And I think COVID and all the other things we talked about made it easier to finally just cut bait on this thing instead of dumping more money into it and hoping it turns around when um, they're in, they're in so, when they're eight billion with a B dollars in debt for just the RSN deals alone. It's like, come on, they're not gonna you know put in all this effort to uh, to try to turn this thing around. So um, it was, and, and and they probably look at it as okay, we know we can make X amount of money with the television show through ad revenue. Okay. So how do we get our expenditures below that amount? Well, the answer is easy. You use indie talent, you pay people by the date because then we know exactly how much we can spend per show based on what we're getting back in the ad revenue. And then we can continue to make money on this thing. If they didn't think they could keep making money on this, they would have just shut the company down completely. So they obviously think they could still make money on the TVN. Yeah, I mean, that's the silver lining is that it does appear that some of the office people will still be there. It appears that the Ring of Honor itself is not going to die like, you know, as many people. I mean, this for all intents and purposes, this might be it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I who knows? Like, hiatuses are very weird. WCW went it's on a hiatus. Yeah. You know what I mean? WCW said, all right, spring break. We're going on hiatus. We'll see you guys in a little bit. And they never came back. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, if, they, yeah. if they ultimately shut it down, then that means they don't think they can make right. money on the TV. You but know, now but that's, today, you know, four months now they have to sit down or five, six, seven months now to sit down and say, okay, what is our plan? How are we growing? How are we making money? What are we booking? Is there a place for us? You know, what is our niche? What is all that sort of stuff? That's what they, they have to decide now over those next four months. And I saw some people that were like, oh, I can't believe they kept Hunter Johnson. Well, it's like, well, someone has to run the company. They're not, they didn't fold. Someone has to book the shows and book the talent and put the shows together. You know, they can't fire literally everyone. You can't have independent wrestlers showing up to empty buildings and just Joe Coff is there. You still have to have staff. Like, I don't know why people are stunned that Delirious is keeping his job. I mean, uh, you know, someone had to keep that position. I mean, you can't just have you have like you said, you have to keep the office because, again, they're not. People are acting like they're shutting the company down. And the fact that they are keeping some of these office people tells me that at least today, the plan is for a hiatus. But again, like you said, that can change easily. They can easily change their mind on that and say, you know what? Fuck this. Let's just shut this thing down. And we'll put some reruns of the fucking Rifleman on, uh, on Comet. <laughs> it's such a weird and, channel. And we'll so be bad. fine. You know? I, I bet my dad um, loves those channels because they just show like... Like 1960s, like westerns and stuff. So, yeah, probably loves it. (laughs) Probably fucking loves that channel. He watches it all. You know, the other thing too, I think ROH 2.0 isn't going to look drastically different than current ROH because what's stopping them from just booking the same people on per date deals? Right, right. It would just be the matter of you know who has rights to. I mean, some guys are going to get scooped up. Obviously, some guys are going to get signed and and picked up. Listen, they're losing their stars. Yeah, right. The, the the top is getting sifted away. Uh, but I mean, like da- you're going to see a lot of the same faces. The people that don't get signed, and a lot of people won't. Why wouldn't they just come to work get on the per day? They're going to need somewhere to work and somewhere to wrestle. The only thing preventing that is pride. 
So I don't think when they finally do come back in April, it's going to look drastically different than it looks now in terms of the talent being used in those things, with the exception of the top talent who will all get deals elsewhere. And we all know who those people are. Okay, the whole Roosh and his family are not going to do that. <laughs> you know. That's... Okay, they're going to find other things to do. Uh, those guys are all too well, with the exception of uh, the dad. The rest of them are way too talented and everything to, to you know, mull around for 100 bucks a night working ROH indie shows. Okay, they're going to get deals somewhere. Right, but if Beer City Bruiser wants to come back, I think he'll probably be allowed to come back. So No disrespect to the former Dinty Moore, but yeah, Beer City Bruiser is a perfect example of a guy who I would fully expect you might see in April. I mean, you know, so guys like that. And, you know, so, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, not everyone's going to get scooped up and they're, they're going to they're gonna keep using some of those people. And, um, you know, the, the, the thing is, though, without any contracts or anything, you have to be careful who you push. And, you know, because you could just lose people instantly and those sorts of things. But, um, you know, it, it, they have to operate like any other indie where yeah. you can just lose anybody at any time and then you just have to adjust on the fly. But, um, you know, as 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 far as, um, you know, people thinking that it's going to be, you know, just a bunch of no name local indie wrestlers, why would that be the case? Why wouldn't they just keep using the same guys? And I think that they will. For the most part. Right. I think people look at like, you know, something like a progress and, and look at the current state of progress. But it's like, OK, the thing with the progress was all the talent got signed or they got canceled. You know what I mean? Like there was nobody left. I mean, it was just a, a smoldering mass, that, that entire wrestling scene. That's not the case of the American wrestling scene. If, if, if people want to work for Ring of Honor and they have the date open, I can't imagine that they're going to be paying them like cra- I mean, if it's Ring of Honor versus, you know, insert local indie here, there's probably a solid chance that on that Saturday that Ring of Honor is going to pay you a little bit more to work their show. Then, well, and, you're going to, and, and you're going to be on TV. Right. So they're, they're, they will have a leg up in that sense. Like you said, it might be a pride thing. Some of these people might say, fuck them. Nah, I'm not going back to them. Nah, I'm not you, were doing paying me, you were paying me 60000 a year. Now you're offering me $150. Right, right. So there, there will be several people, and, and, and probably rightfully so, that are going to feel a little weird about that. And, and I would feel yeah. weird about that too, for sure. Yeah. But largely now it opens them up to the rest of the independent scene where a lot of those people are going to say 150 Yeah, sure. Great. Or, yeah, hell, $1,000 for a TV taping? Cool. I'll be there for sure. Rich, where's where's Joe Keys going? Where's Dak Draper going? <laughs> Bateman. I mean, where's on. Bateman yeah, going? Yeah, you know, it's like uh, it's just a lot of these guys, and it's I don't mean any disrespect. There's just no room for them in, the, in, in, in other places. Right. So they're not all going to – maybe some of the ones that we're kind of riffing on here will get signed. I don't fucking know, but they're not all going to get signed. I mean, you know, and it's, uh, you know, maybe Eli Isom gets fucking left out in the cold, you know, and, and why the fuck wouldn't they, you know, they might keep using a guy like that. So, um, you know, we'll see how all of that plays out, but it's, it, look, it, for the industry as a whole, it's one less place giving out, uh, real livable wage yeah. contracts. That's the one big downside you have one less place to use as leverage against the other places. It, 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 and there are certain guys who were a good fit for ring of honor who aren't going to be good fits for anybody else. Um, you know, so that's gone. So, you know, you're left with impact and, um, and, and AEW, WWE, and, you know, that's you know, MLW gives contracts to a select few. The rest of it is kind of just written on a napkin and, is essentially per date and very easy to get out of. Um, NWA, same kind of deal. You know, they're really just bringing you in for tapings, and maybe there's a couple people at the top who have a full-time deal. 
And uh, I don't know if I'm oh, – there's always New Japan of America, which is kind of its own thing. But so Ring of Honor, you know, was was occupying a, a pretty key cog. It was like a third legitimate place to get a real contract, and now that's out the window. So that's not good. Yeah, um, and it is you're on that tier of wrestling. Yeah, and and we definitely have a weird. We're we're in a weird time right now in in, in American wrestling and really all wrestling, uh, you know, around the world. But American wrestling because there are several people that that are you know, oh, AEW killed Ring of Honor. AEW's killing the rest of the wrestling scene. And and you know, to say it in those terms, I don't think is fair to to anybody. I mean, I I don't think that that's true at all. What's happening though is, and it happened during the '90s too with WC, the post territory era. And the 90s when the rise of when WWE started getting on track and doing stuff and and WF was already living off of, you know, the fumes of, 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 of the 80s. But then they got hot and they were hot at the same time as WCW. Like what you saw is like the independents really, really, really struggled. And, you know, we're kind of in a sense getting that a bit in America again. It's not be- it's not a fault of AEW. It's not because AEW is trying to put Ring of Honor out of business. It's not because WWE is trying to put Ring of Honor out of business, even if they did it at one point or even if, you know, whatever. The problem that a lot of people uh, is going on right now in the wrestling industry, especially in America, and, and people ask this, and every time I do a Q&A on Patreon, people are always, hey, what can Impact or Ring of Honor do to, you know, to grow or, like, to get better, to yada, yada, yada. And I always say the key is, and, and, and a lot of companies are going to struggle with this over the next, you know, few years COVID aside, forgetting COVID, obviously that is a, a huge factor, probably the biggest factor for independent wrestling. But for for you know, how do these companies grow? How do they get beyond the point where they are right now? Is and, and largely my answer is always kind of the same: is they have to find a niche, they have to find something that makes them discernible. They have to find a reason for you. There's so many finite hours of time that you have in a day to consume pro wrestling or to consume anything or consume any sort of media. So what is Ring of Honor going to do to make me say, okay? With this finite amount of time, I am going to give an hour of that finite time to Ring of Honor. We're going to talk about it later. What does Impact have to do for me to give them an hour every single week and three hours every single quarter? What are they going to do to do that? And now they're competing for eyeballs. They're competing for for your attention span. They're competing for all that sort of stuff. And, you know, you just can't do, I mean, for a a long time, for 20 years in America, you were just able to say, well, we have pro wrestling. And that Ring of Honor was built on that backbone. We have pro wrestling. That other company, I don't know what they're doing, but we have pro wrestling, you know, and that's that's what they were built on for years and years and years and years. They were built on we have pro wrestling. Impact for a little bit said that we are pro wrestling, but they were still bullshit at the time. You know, they still had all that stuff, but they largely tried to build that up in their early days to say, hey, we have AJ Styles and we have Samoa Joe and we have Kurt Angle, we have you know these guys, we have wrestling here. Ring of Honor built on the backbone of we have wrestling here, and that was fine for twenty years. That 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 niche was fine. The, hey, whatever they do over there, the sports entertainment guys, fuck that, we're pro wrestling. You can't do that anymore. One of the major companies in America is saying, we are pro wrestling, and does it on every time that they have an opportunity to do it, is to say, we are pro wrestling. And they, they hit that over the head. Whether it's CM Punk talking about it, whether it's Brian Danielson talking about it, whether it's Tony Khan talking about it, whether whoever, they say we are pro wrestling. So that niche of, hey, if you're a, an American wrestling fan and you want to watch, quote unquote, good pro wrestling you got something now. You got a very accessible thing that's on your TV two hours every single week or two hours on TNT every Wednesday and, and an hour every single Friday and, and it's on pay-per-view every quarter. You got that, man. You know what I mean? Like you have pro wrestling in a major American company right now. So these companies have to figure out something. What is going to make me watch Ring of Honor? What is going to make me watch Impact? And I think that they've really failed in the last few years of figuring out, okay, what is our niche in this new universe? 
And maybe Ring of Honor is figuring, hey, we don't have that niche, so we're just going to downsize and just be whatever we are, and people come and watch our shows every so often or whatever, but we're an indie. That's fine. They, they have maybe given up on that fight, and they're done, and they're going to let it go. Impact, I think, is still largely trying to be in on that fight, but we're going to talk about it in a bit when we talk about Bound for Glory. What is Impact doing that's going to make you a Joe Lanza or you, any listeners here, say, oh, I'm going to, convi- I'm going to commit an hour or two hours every single week to watching Impact? Bound for Glory made me not want to watch Impact ever again. Because you have a finite amount of time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have not. And, and people. And also, ter- it was fucking horrendous. It was horrendous. It was awful. Yeah. So, it, it, and, and you don't. You're watching that going, what are you guys going for? What do you want me to take from the show? If, is it a, a really, really, really bad impression of WWE? Well, good. I'm not going to watch it then. And that's kind of what <laughs> Impact, you know, Bound for Glory kind of was. And that's what Impact kind of has been lately. We talked about it a couple years ago when NWA first came out of the scene. What they were doing and their niche was were classic TV style pro wrestling. Were studio. territorial studio wrestling. And it was fucking cool because it was different. You know, it was it didn't try to be WWE. It didn't try to be AEW. It didn't try to be anything else. It said, hey, what's nobody in this marketplace doing? That's what we're going to do. And we talked about it last week with GCW. The reason GCW keeps growing, keeps doing well, is they found their fucking niche. Whether, whether Joe Lanz or Rich or whoever, whether we like it or not, they are clearly different than all these other companies. GCW has an entire aura about itself that no other major company has in America right now. I can't say the same for Ring of Honor. I can't say they the were, same for they Impact. They were trying with the pure thing and everything. It just... But that's not enough. And people said that too. They're like, oh, the pure thing. That's You're not going to get enough. I like the pure stuff. Yeah. And I get it. You're, you're trying to say, hey, what is our thing? What is our, what is our niche? What is our whatever? If the pure wrestling was your niche and was your thing, okay, that's fine. I don't know that that was going to be that successful. But maybe they should have tried it. Maybe they were going to try it. Maybe it was going to happen. Obviously, that is now done. That's not going to happen. That might be a thing. I, maybe you, you, if you create a star, that might do it. How are you? You know what I mean? Like they're in this really weird place where I don't know. I, if I'm a ring of honor, I might do exactly what they're doing and say, you know what? I don't know. Let's just downsize the, and do our thing and be little the, and whatever. The problem with going back to the 2006 model of using the top indie stars. Okay. Is in 2006 when they were doing that, WWE wasn't interested in any of those people. So they were really able to sink their teeth into that whole generation of wrestlers who got fucked because WWE didn't take notice of them until 10 years after they right. should have. Now, Impact got in the way a little bit, but for you know, throughout a lot of their history, they remained on good terms with Impact. There were times that Impact pulled some of the people, but most of the time they were in a good relationship with Impact and they were able to use a lot of those, you know, the Samoa Joes and the Christopher Daniels and the people that were working Impact. Um, but they got away with that model because all of these great wrestlers were in no danger of being signed until very late in the game because WWE just wasn't interested in that type of wrestler. That's the case again today. The problem is AEW. Right. And the problem is, um, all of these other companies like, uh, the modern impact wrestling and your MLWs and your NWAs and your new Japan of America's who are constantly looking for talent. So anyone that you build is going to get who's even remotely marketable or interesting is going to get taken away by somebody who could offer them a deal. So that model isn't going to work in today's environment Um, because you can't, I mean, people get signed now before they get hot. I mean, we've been talking about that for, you know, WWE 
before they changed their philosophy was just signing people the second they had a modicum of a name. Somebody like Sky Blue, who isn't even close to ready, and AEW is just signing her and bringing her in immediately because it's either, you know, you, you just it's, that's the game now. You have to get your claws in. Right. Blake Christian is a great example of one that we always brought up. Jake Atlas, Blake Christian, those guys that were just like, all right, they did like five shows that got promised. Okay, cool. You're done. You're, you're up. You're, you're here. So. so you can't yeah. – anyone who gets any kind of buzz is going to be gone. So it's interesting – how they're going to operate like that. And, and, and the, the advantage game changer has is they have a bunch of unsignable people, you know? So and yeah. we've talked about yeah. that. Yeah. We, we talked that. before that the, the ECW benefit is that, you know, we're, we're the land of misfit toys in a large way. And, yeah. and that even was untenable and only lasted a couple. I mean, that lasted from, I don't know what, 94 to 90, halfway through 97. And then everybody was like, ah, fuck Raven. Oh, who cares? Yeah. We'll bring Raven back. We'll bring, you know, Stevie Richards. And we'll do, and then like, no, not even like, People like Sandman and Public Enemy, who really were bad fits. Right. It was just like, well, they got to, you know, eventually they gained so much buzz and so much steam that 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 it became untenable, and it was like, well, fuck, I won't. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey yeah, Whipwreck, <laughs> Mikey Whipwreck in WCW those days. That was great. Regardless so. of whether they're a good fit, yeah. But yeah. I mean, Game Changer, with their advantages, is Alex Cologne and Nick Gage and 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 G Raver and. Atticus Kogar, they're never getting signed. Right, no, 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 yeah. And and that's, again, like, that's, they created a benefit because they created a niche that, yeah, that is not going to be, like, AEW's not going to get nuts one day and say, ah, fuck it, we're a deathmatch company now. (laughs) They're just going to, they're not going to sign all those guys. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a very, I mean, I don't, I don't envy any of these people right now. Try to figure out what we do moving forward, what we do, what does an MLW do, what does a, a Ring of Honor do, what does an Impact do. This the second level of promotions in America. It's just it's tough, man. It is very, very tough, and the the, the, the economics of it is just it's it's difficult. Well, we know what we know what Impact does. What Impact does is continue to mail it in, and it's fine <laughs> because Anthem owns them, and they want they built a they bought a television station just to keep their wrestling. Yeah, they bought a television alive. station and fired literally everybody so, else in their company so they could keep it. So I guess yeah. Yeah, and 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 they obviously see value in it, and and. And I don't think that they necessarily, you know, uh, I, I don't even think they try very hard. I mean, Bound for Glory was horrendous. It was a terrible show. The weekly TV ranges from barely fine to why am I wasting my life watching any a single minute of this? I mean, it's just and like you said, it's just a really poor version of WWE, which isn't even good to begin with. So, um, you know, I. I don't know, and, and MLW. I mean, they're just going to continue their endless search for a television deal, and I I think that they'll keep doing that until they run out of money. Until whoever's backing them decides to stop backing them, they'll they'll keep searching for that other side of the rainbow, the television, the, the elusive television deal. And um, you know, I talked about it behind the paywall today, where you know the Vice thing was another creatively worded con they don't have a deal with vice they had a deal for Fightland for vice that's it and then it's yeah we all kind of bought it we we we, i thought i thought we had our mlw you know antennas up but we all bought that one and and yeah yeah i mean you know they got a one night (laughs) one night they showed they had a show and that was it and they're telling the talent now we're gonna wait and see on vice it's like you know it did forty thousand viewers i mean that vice isn't gonna put that on prime time so um you know, and, and NWA, they'll keep chugging along with their. <laughs> I, always forget to, a, I always forget to mention them, but yeah. That's... But they're running on a nothing budget. They could keep doing those tapings four times a year and, 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 you know, 
running out that subscription model and existing in their little space. And I've no matter how bad that show is, I've always advocated that I'm glad that it exists and I'm glad that all of these places exist. Um, you know, and then New Japan, well, you know, they, they're, they'll still be a real player for certain talents. His buddy Matthews ended up there, you know, and um, I, I don't know whether he was just dead set on that or if they outbid AEW or I don't know what the deal yeah, is. Yeah, who knows? But. Yeah, and and they're one that when, when, you know, I don't include them in this conversation because I think they have a niche and their niche is that, you know, we're the American pipeline of New Japan for wrestling. And, and I think that is enough to sustain them for a little while. And it's not great now. I mean, like, obviously Strong isn't as popular now as it, it, it you know, or it's not a super, super popular show. But I think it's something that, that I do see the point of it. I see the premise of it. And I do see it potentially getting some growth, you know, it, 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 with some creative stuff and maybe with a TV deal, maybe with something like that. I see I see the path forward for New Japan Strong. I, I don't, I'm very, very down on like what the potential path of all these other companies really are because I see their niche. I see what they can go for and I see why somebody would watch it, why why you would use those finite amount of hours that you have in a week to watch wrestling. I could, I would see why you would watch New Japan Strong. I really can't make an argument for why you would watch MLW or why you would watch Ring of Honor or why you'd watch the NWA or why you'd watch Impact. Like I just, I, I don't, know if I have an answer for that. Yeah, I mean Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see It's tough. I think Impact is the best example of that cuz it's just it's the same old shit but worse. I mean, I really don't understand why people watch it. That's the one I don't get. The others I think are different enough. I could see being an NWA sicko. I mean, I could. It's very different. Oh, it's it's definitely they have a niche. I just um, don't. I mean, I think their niche is like as small as humanly possible. But they, I get, I will still give them a little bit of credit. I think that they still understand that they need to be, they need to look and feel and and act different than all the other companies, and and they do. They really, really do. MLW is easy. I mean, it's an hour on YouTube. They had really good wrestling this week. The Opera Cup stuff has been good. I mean, if you're a super hardcore wrestling fan, I get it. If you're watching MLW every week as like your third choice, third down the ladder. I don't know that there's anyone where MLW is like their favorite promotion. Yeah. And it's, you know, they're, they're refreshing YouTube for the upload. You know, I, I, I don't think that's the case, but I could see a hardcore wrestling fan watching that every week. And cause it's different enough. Um, impacts the one I don't get. I just think it's a, yeah. So I, I, you know, show. people are blaming AEW, and I don't think like, I don't think it's a nefarious thing, but I think, you know, my overall point is I, I, I do think, that it does play a, far, a, a part in it that, like, one of the biggest companies in America is doing a lot of the stuff that WWE didn't serve these wrestling fans for years and for 20-plus years. Hell, WCW barely served these fans for, you know, the last half of their life as well. So, you know, it, it, those fans needed something else, and they went to Ring of Honor. They went to Japan. They went to NOAA. They went to Mexico. They went to all that stuff. Well, you know, that fan, whoever that, you know, that 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 hardcore quote-unquote wrestling fan, the type of person that would listen to this show, they have something now that does what they've wanted forever. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. there. So it's like, who, you know, what fans are you now serving if you're these other companies? And 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 I guess that, you know, if you want to quote-unquote blame, you know, AEW for that, there you go. But, but the blame is that they finally found this niche that has been, you know, kind of propping up a lot of these other companies for years and years and years and years and have served them, you know, a, 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 a show on a major network, you know, easily accessible. And now it's like, all right, well, now where are all these other people live? Like, where, where do they go? What do they do? I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a tricky way forward. It's not going to be easy. I mean, it is the hardest it's ever going to be uh, right now is probably the hardest it's been for, for the entire era of the quote unquote independence over the last 20 years since 2002 2001 until today, I mean, it is it has never been easy, uh, harder 
uh, to, to, to book and figure out what the hell you're going to do for your business. Cause it's just, yeah, the business is totally different. It was easy to say, Hey, we got wrestlers, you know, Hey, WWE doesn't want Brian Danielson. Well, fuck them. Here you go. He's our wrestler. He's great. You know, that was easy. <laughs> it was, Samoa Joe. Yeah, they don't want him. Cool. We got him. He's awesome. You know, you know that it was that easy for years. Ring of honor to do that. Can't do that anymore. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's going to be really, really tricky, but we'll see. I mean, uh, one thing real quick, uh, and then we can kind of move on here. Uh, tape library. There has been a lot of discussion about the tape library. Apparently, it is out and open. If you want to buy the ROH tape library, uh, you just got to make the right call, and it will be sold to you, is, is, is essentially what people seem to be saying and, and hearing. And I, I don't know. What, what do you make of that noise uh, that we've little, been uh, Little Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. There is a report coming from Brian Alvarez that the tape library is not for Oh, sale. what? We've got some conflict. Justin Barrasso, he's wrong. All right. Yeah, so I don't know. Who knows? The point here is if it is for sale, I can't see Tony Khan not ending up with it. Um, I don't know if people have been paying attention, but Tony Khan is one of us. And if, Rich, if you were worth $8 billion, <laughs> I would have bought it tomorrow. You had, yeah. <laughs> and you had a way to make money off of it, you would buy the ROH tape library. Honestly, there was a time, I think there was a time a couple years ago where we were. We were honestly, I think in the VOW Slack, it was something like Ring of Honor was doing a terrible job of rolling these matches out or whatever. And I think, I, I don't remember the discussion, but I think the discussion was literally like, why don't we just call and see how much it, like, what, will they sell it? Like, we'll help them. We'll do it. We just want to watch these old ROH shows. Like, we'll do it. So, yes, if I was worth $8 billion show, you are correct. I would indeed do it. So. And he has an obvious use for it with all of the talk of them wanting to do a streaming service. And, um, you know, we all knew all of this content that they pumped out during the pandemic and since the pandemic was all just to build a content library for an eventual uh, attempt at a streaming service and buying that library would be very helpful because they don't have enough of their own content yet to have they don't they're trying but i mean you need more than like hey we have 180 thousand weeks of dark like that's not gonna you know that's not gonna be enough but no one wants to watch that shit so you have to have something you know it's good it's good as a back it's good as like the eighth bullet point of what you have you know what i mean yeah absolutely all episodes of dark and dark elevation but that's not the second bullet point you can't say all AEW dynamites all AEW pay-per-views all episodes of dark like no one's gonna care about those that third one because they're all on youtube too i can just watch them right now so well they'll yank them from youtube yeah no i know i know but i'm saying like people that have i could have just watched these Sure, but it's like nobody wants, you know, you can't sell a thousand squash matches as a big selling point. Right, for you. right, right. So you have to get, you have to have something else. And that's something that the WWE streaming service cannot offer and that nobody could offer would be that elusive ROH library, which people are also hungry for because it's been collecting dust for all of the years. It would be perfect for them and it would be perfect for their core customer base who obviously would, you know, eat that shit up. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, and and there's you know there's people in the chat room saying that you know they don't need it, there's no need for it or whatever. I, I obviously disagree, and we just gave you the reason what? why. Yeah, <laughs> the reason they need it is because it's great for you know selling. They're not going to do their own streaming service, but they can probably sell, or maybe they are, but like they can also just sell that to Paramount or whatever, any any you know HBO Max or whatever. It's a whole collection. That's yes, they need it. They need content. They need content. They need content. They can, there is no listen, listen to me. They do not have enough con- – AEW does not have enough content right now for a viable streaming service. They just don't. You need other libraries. You need other shit. I mean, come on. That that would enhance – no. That, listen. Well, at on. the end of the day, Joe, if, you, if, you, if somebody came to you, Joe, and said, hi, we're going to give you a million dollars for every flagship audio you've ever done, you're going to sell it to them in a minute, right? Oh, 
I drive a hard bargain. Maybe not a million, so maybe I, a little bit more. But what I, I, my yeah. point is that there's probably a good chance that AEW and Tony Khan realize they need more before they sell that thing. But you don't. If somebody came up to them and said, "Hey, you guys have more than enough content already. Here is billions of here's millions of dollars. Can we have your content?" They it would have been done tomorrow. You know what I mean? If I were Tony Khan, I'd want that library, if for nothing else, just to keep it away from WWE. You can't let them be – they already own most everything. You can't let them control the history of wrestling to the extent – and that's like the ROH library, which previously obviously wasn't available and still might not be. Might, is that the biggest library available that they don't have? Um, I would maybe impact would be the only one that's maybe a little more. Well, I don't want to count companies that exist because they're obviously not going to sell. Oh, I see. I see. From companies that are gone. Yeah. Stuff that's out there. I mean, there's not American. Yeah. American. That's it. They they pretty much have everything else. So Um, I mean, that ROH library is deeper and more valuable than PWGs or. Oh, certainly. Um, oh, for sure. And 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 again, like the um, biggest the biggest point too is you can dr- you can draw a straight line from Ring of Honor to AEW. And if you buy that tape yeah. library and you buy whatever whatever ends up happening with Ring of Honor, whatever, you can very much say, not necessarily okay, ROH became AEW, but R- the ROH was a large reason of why AEW exists. Not if not only for All In, but also look at the fucking talent roster right there. So even if there's no, even if Tony Khan is hell bent on there's no streaming service, I don't care. Streaming's in the past. Streaming's the old time. Whatever. If only, like you said, to a have it, so WWE doesn't have it, and b look at the guys you have on your roster and look at what you can do with videos from those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, course, yeah. I mean, their YouTube channel would be a fucking boom. I mean, that would be insane. <laughs> the YouTube channel. Well, they because could a lot out. of people are just thinking about the golden era of 05 to 07. What about all the elite shit from right. later on? All the Adam Cole stuff, all the Young yeah. Buck stuff, all the fucking Christopher Daniels stuff from past so present. Do not undervalue yeah. what this would Look be at this roster. <laughs> like, look at the AEW roster. They're going to bring in Kevin Steen too, and they're going to have all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 yeah, it's a huge. And in the right hands, that tape library can be very, very valuable. And the right hands are AEW for sure. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, there's conflicting reports. Obviously, if it's for sale, you do everything. You, you, if you're AEW, you do everything you got to do to get your hands on it. And if you're WWE, you might want to try to keep it away from AEW. Sure. And that's also something to uh, throw on to, to – although I don't even think they care about adding much to that anymore. I mean, no, they're they, good, man. They got their bag. They wipe they're good. their hands. Yeah, and, they got yeah, their bag. They're good. But, you, but in terms of playing keep away, I mean, you see how petty they are about everything else. I mean – they, I'm sure they would also be petty about this. And, and you know, there's good business reasons to keep it away from them anyway. But maybe we should make a play for it. Let's, that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah, let's bring that. That's kind of why I alluded to that. Maybe we should at least get in the DM, say, hey, at Joe Coff, like, what's, what's the what's the rate, you know? We can edit off the entrances. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll have free time. And fuck, yeah, I, I'll sit here and watch our dollar. Put it on the $10 tier. Put a show out every week. <laughs> maybe yeah. I might increase that tier a little bit, given... How much it's going to cost, but we don't know. We, we'll have to see. We don't know what the well, rate is just yet. So. Nine ninety nine is the standard, sir. Yeah. I don't know how much higher you can go on that. Remember, there was that. There was a. I don't know if you even remember this. There was a Google Drive of every ROH show, like oh, five, six. Oh, years I ago, remember it. I remember. And it, it got shut down. That yeah. was the best Google. That was the best top secret. Well, it was very much not top secret. That's why it wasn't around. That's why. Longer. Well, it was for a while. Top. <laughs> it was top secret then, for like two weeks, and then it. That's wasn't, why so. it's gone. Because it was no longer top secret. 
Um, but yeah, that was a tremendous one of those hush hush Google Drive deals. Um, it had the entire Ring of Honor library uh, that was sorted so out perfectly good. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, oh there's, my god! I will say that there is one, but it's not sorted very perfect. It, it's it's not a Google Drive. It's some nefarious weird website that I'm sure has infected my uh, my um. That could be oh, like ransomware and Trojan viruses or whatever, but uh, it is all there. It's just a little tough. It's not very organized, but uh, I've I've been sent it before, but I will never ever reveal it because I don't want it to go down. So it's my backup. It's my you know just in case I needed something, I, I can go there. So yeah, I tried to sign up for Honor Club once, and it just never let me sign up, so I never did. It was like <laughs> put my credit card info in it to be like invalid. And I'm like, all right, whatever, it's fine. Well, okay. I'm only gonna try once. <laughs> yeah, I tried. I tried yeah. so many times. I tried a bunch of times. And I was like, yeah. "All right, sorry guys, not gonna happen." So, it's the end of that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I tried. And yeah, they're not. They don't have a whole lot up there too. What I will say is, ROH's YouTube channel did get pretty good. Ian Riccoboni was doing a great job with that over COVID. Uh, essentially, I think just boarded his house and just cutting up videos, finding best matches, doing you know intros and outros to all of them. It was really, really cool stuff. So, um, used it well. Used it so far in my CM Punk series. CM Punk Best in the World, patreon.com slash voices wrestling, $5 tier. Yeah, uh, some of you that. will be listening to this after the first of the month, which is the best time to subscribe. Absolutely. New Yes Movement coming out very, very soon. Hopefully, recording that this uh, weekend. So, Brian Danielson, saga of Brian Danielson to WWE. When's Full Gear? Full Gear is going to be, it's in t- three weeks, I want to say. In November, right? Yeah, it's November 13th. I, I just remember if it was two weeks or three weeks. Right, so November so 13th. Live, so live instant reaction yep. for, for, for Gil. You're going to want to get on that $10 tier. All of you mm. dopes who unsubscribed after All Out, you're just going to come right back anyway. So just, you know, I, I get it if you took October off, save the 10 bucks. I guess that makes sense. But, um, yeah, you got to get back in for Full Gear on the $10 tier for the live instant reaction to that. Uh, nobody does it better than we do with these post AEW pay-per-views. I mean, you're going to get two hours of audio, um, you know, inside and out, break the card down. So you may as well just jump in on the first and get the full month worth of access instead of waiting for the impulse buy and then only getting two weeks worth of access. So uh, if you're listening to this on the first, don't subscribe before the first. That's dumb because you're going to get charged twice. Yeah, we don't want you to do that. No, wait, wait, wait until the Uh, first and then do it. So if you're listening to this after the first, then subscribe and get that full month, at least for the, you know, the full gear month. If you like those uh, instant reactions and then, uh, you know, everything else we do, too. So Yeah, CM Punk series, uh, Brian Danielson series, November to Remember, some other VOW retro stuff coming your way as well. Q&As, NBA Intelligentsia, NFL Intelligentsia, Match of the yeah. Week. There's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. Tremendous if if, value, Joe, if you don't ask. If I if I do so say, do say so myself. So If they've been mirroring my... NFL picks, they would be up over 400 units, Rich, this year. Is that true? Wow. Yeah. They're all right there. It's all in print. I'm not, wow. you know. So if you're just doing my picks every week, you're up over 400, quote unquote, units wow. this year. Widgets. Up 400 widgets. Big winner this past weekend. I gave out a winner this past. I gave out one play on the Intelligentsia this weekend, of course, as a winner. You know. So uh, Rams, Lions under 50 and a half. Winner. 50 units. Would have been a free 50. All you got to do is read the column. $5 tier, patreon.com. That's easy. That's easy money. It's free money. It's free money. Yeah. Listen, I don't win every week, but overall, you'd be up over 400 units. Yeah, well, you're not going to win every week. That's impossible. But, you know. Now, listen, you know, I wouldn't be doing this if I was winning every week. <laughs> uh, Matthew brings up a good point. You fired up with the nurse. That is coming back very soon. We have we have talked about it. We got ideas. Vacation is happening as well. Recapping. Thursday TV vacations. reviews. Yeah. Oh, week. right. I forgot about the TV reviews. Yeah. yeah. 
We're back. I don't do them for the Saturday shows, but you know, JL needs a break now and then. <laughs> Got a lot of stuff on there, but uh, uh, you know, here this this will this will segue it perfectly. You were talking about free money, Joe. Yeah. I have free money for you because this episode of the Flagship Podcast is also sponsored by our friends at MyBookie. And they say here, what is a lock in sports betting? A lock is simply put, a bet you cannot lose. And with MyBookie, Joe, you cannot lose on their NBA lock of the season. This is, so now we're, we're going to give you two here. There are two ways that you can win free money from MyBookie this weekend, okay? For those listening on Thursday or Friday morning, or Friday afternoon, or whatever, this is the first way you can win free money from MyBookie. So you all you have to do is place a bet on either team to score between the Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets. We talked about this a few weeks ago. They do these free bets all the time. It's like, you know, over under 10 points, or over under this. They're literally doing, if at any point during the Dallas Mavericks-Denver Nuggets NBA game, if anybody scores, you are going to win. And Joe, I did the numbers, I ran it, I went to basketball reference, no NBA game ever in the history of the NBA has ever gone scoreless. You cannot have a 0-0 zero, zero score. So, Joe, I think this is going to work. I think this bet's going to make you money. So, so this that, is a free $25 is what you're saying. This is a free $25. So you can do yes. – go here. It is a lock. It does not get any easier than this one. This is the lock of the season. Bet on either team to score during the Dallas Mavericks. It doesn't even matter. I just A team is going to score. Doesn't even, you don't have to be a fan of either. Just a team is going to score on Friday night's game between the Mavericks and the Nuggets, and you will win. So again, that is the, the first lock. That's not all. You can do both these. So if you're listening on Thursday and Friday, you have a benefit. If you're a live listener, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling flagship live, $10 tier, you know this tip right now, and you can go on this right now. So you can get paid Friday, Joe. For that free Dallas Mavericks number nugget. So the game where I promise and Joe promises somebody will score during that game. I promise yes. you that. Lock. Lock it in. <laughs> somebody will score during that game. That's not it, though, because you can get paid Friday. So you got in that one lock. Then you're going to yeah. wake up Saturday, Joe, and you're going to put a bet on UFC 267. Because what they are doing, Saturday, October 30th, you're going to place a bet on the UFC 267 main event. I don't know who either of these people are. <laughs> Do you know these names at all, Joe? Yeah, we got uh, Glover Teixeira. Okay. Oh, I know Glover Teixeira then. Okay. Yeah. And Jam it's not Flash. Mark. It's not Mark Teixeira. Are you sure? Not the baseball player. Okay. No. But if you place a bet on that main event, go ahead, Rich. Risk free up to a hundred dollars. And what that means, though, risk free. Okay. If Mark Teixeira wins, and you bet on the other guy, what's the other guy's name? Glover Teixeira. It's not Mark. Teixeira. Oh, Glover Teixeira. Yeah. Anyway, who's, if you lose the bet... Who's the other dude's name? What's his name? You get your money back. Jan Blaschewitz. Blaschewitz, okay. So, no matter who you bet on, up to $100, they're just going to give it back to you. That's right. So, I don't know why they're doing this. This is stupid, but they're doing this. So, on Saturday night, my bookie is giving all users a $100 risk-free wager on the light heavyweight championship fight in UFC 267. So, you're going to bet on Friday. You're going to get free money up to $25 from the Mavericks and Nuggets. Then, you're going to put $100 down on anybody in that UFC main event Risk-free, you're going to get that money back, too. So if your bet hits, great. Your bet hit. If your bet loses, no problem. They're going to give you $100 anyway. I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know why they're giving free money, but they're just doing it. So whatever. MyBookie.com. Use the promo code VOICES. MyBookie.com. Promo code VOICES. 
That will instantly double your first deposit as well. More free money. I don't know what these guys are doing. They're going to go out of business. This is unsustainable, Joe. This can't keep happening. But and plus to share us plus two forty. So if you hit that, you're you're two hundred forty dollars richer. So that is the play then to do to share then, right? Sure, because it's risk free. Yeah, risk free. Yeah. So yeah, why would you bet for the under- <laughs> the, the, the favorite? There you're going to bet the underdog. So anyway, mybookie.com promo code voices. They're going to instantly double your first deposit. So we said more money again. You're going to get five hundred dollars put in. They're going to give you five hundred dollars. You're going to put twenty dollars in. They're going to give you twenty dollars. You bet twenty five dollars on the Mavericks Nuggets. You're going to win that back. You bet the one hundred dollar risk free wager on the UFC two sixty seven main event. You're going to win that back too. So you're they're just giving you so much money this weekend. Promo code voices. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.ag, you can use as well. Use that promo code VOICES. That will double your first deposit to double your winnings, and you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. So how much money did we just make these people this weekend by saying this? Uh, potentially um, $265 if Glover Teixeira comes through. I mean, what are you doing? Plus the double deposit. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Insane. Absolutely insane. Anyway. All right, so that is, man, we... We're an hour and 46 and we've got one topic. So. That's the flagship. All right, baby. that is classic flagship. All right, let's do this. Charlotte versus Becky. Uh, Charlotte versus everybody. So the title exchange on SmackDown, the superstar title exchange, Joe, uh, it went poorly. <laughs> so if you anybody who watched it, uh, there's a clip on So if you go to the WWE clip, they edit certain parts of this confrontation, this title exchange out. But there is a YouTube video out there. There's many YouTube videos out there to see the entire thing. Uh, if you have not seen this before, but this is, they were supposed to do, Becky was going to give the fucking whatever title she has, and Charlotte was going to give whatever title she has. I forget which was which. Who cares this shit? Anyway, somebody had a SmackDown title, somebody had a Raw title. Who cares? Anyway, they were going to exchange these titles. It was going to be a, hey, you hand me the title, you hand me the title. Uh, Joe, it did not go that way. Can you describe what exactly happened here between Charlotte and Becky? I mean... Charlotte didn't like the idea. She thought she was going to look weak because Becky was going to do the Becky two belts thing, you know, um, before she handed her version of her title back to Charlotte. And she didn't like how that was all laid out. So she went into business for herself and she played keep away with the title and she threw it down on the mat. She claimed she dropped it. I don't believe her. I've watched it a million times. Like this is a Pruder film. She did not she fucking slip and drop it. I dropped it. And she um, throws it to the ground. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I mean, handled it very unprofessionally. She went into business for herself. So then Becky went into business for herself and threw her title belt at Charlotte. Uh, very so hard, <laughs> not a light yeah. toss. Yeah, it was. And good for her. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have any problem with her behavior here. Poor Sonia Deville is trying to just um, get through the segment. I mean, she was trying. She was telling Charlotte, "Pick it up, pick it up." Uh, both because she's the on-screen authority figure, and she's just trying to maintain some some order here, and not the, for this. She's in a horrible position. Um, and then she wanted to hold the titles and make the transfer herself once that, uh, you know, uh, she uh, restored some order. But um, I don't see anyone how anyone could be on Charlotte's side here. I, I think she's a hundred percent wrong in this scenario. I think she handled it like a petulant child. Um, From I the moment that, she walked out, by the way, I, if you watch that video, knowing what's going to happen and knowing that it goes poorly and knowing all this, story, I mean, when she walks out, she takes her time. She walks in a weird way. Like she's there's a lot of stuff that you can just oh, you can just sense it. And, and, and Becky, all you have to do is look at Becky's face. She looks like she wants to kill her that moment. And, and it's it's rough. It's well, OK. Uh, if you don't like how the segment is laid out, take that up with your boss. I mean, you don't go into business for yourself and and attempt to embarrass Becky, who is an innocent bystander here. Right. 
Um, and Sonia, you know, who's even worse in this case, because she has nothing yeah. to actually, you know, she can't she can't say anything or do anything. You know what I mean? She does, and she has to maintain her gimmick as the authority figure. Right, somehow. right. Which she, and, I mean, she almost broke a little bit too there. We'll talk about that of, of, of some reports. Well, you know what? She's too. a trained fighter and could probably kick Charlotte's ass. Yeah, she could. So, um, no, but I don't, I don't see how you can side with Charlotte here. And, 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 you know, she, the bottom line is she went into business for herself and was unprofessional and she went into business for herself in a way that was going to make her coworkers look bad. And, um, I can't get behind that. And I've heard people say, well, we need more stars to act like this. And I'm not in this way. I mean, you know, and I heard people say, oh, well, Stone Cold would stand up for himself and leave and just walk out. Yeah. He would tell Vince McMahon to go, go to hell. You know, it's also it's also Stone Cold Steve Austin. (laughs) It's also Stone Cold Steve. But like this is this is Charlotte seven thousand. Her claim to fame, from a drawing perspective, is bumping an NXT quarter hour by seven thousand viewers. Yeah, she's she's someone who believes her press clippings, believes her gimmick, and thinks she's a bigger star than she is. She's not a big difference making star. When has she ever been that? She's pushed as one. She's someone. She's a typical pro wrestler who believes her gimmick. You know, she 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 doesn't have enough stroke to pull something like this. And we're seeing the proof because they sent her home. Becky's a bigger star than she is. I don't see how you could side with her here. No, I I, I don't either. Yeah. Business for yourself and shit on your coworkers. Right. Like I think I think it's a good thing to stand up. And if you think a story sucks to stand up and do that, I have no problem with that. But what Stone Cold would do is he'd tell Vince McMahon, you're an idiot, and he'd take his ball, you know, he'd go home. And, and Vince McMahon would always say, oh, he took his ball and went home or whatever. But he kind of said, that's stupid, and no, you're not giving me a good reason to do that, so no, I'm not going to do it. He didn't go into the ring with Brock Lesnar and then walk out, you know, after Brock Lesnar came out. He went into business for himself. Right. Yeah. Like, he didn't, you know, roll out of the ring and walk through the crowd and say, fuck you, I don't need this shit. Like, that would be yeah. bad. All he told is he, he told Vince McMahon, change this or I'm out. And Vince McMahon said, I'm not going to change it. And he goes, right. He said, oh, I'm going home. Well, I'm going home then. Bye. He didn't shoot on Coachman live on TV, he just refused to do it. Right, right, exactly. Those those were the two instances. He didn't want to rush through the Brock Lesnar program and blow off a money match, and he was right. But whether he was right or not, he didn't go into business for himself. And the other thing was, didn't they want him to lose the coachman or something? Something like that, yeah. I forget what that second one was, but it was something like that, yeah. It was something equally ridiculous. And again, he didn't get in the ring and then go into business for himself. He just said, fuck it, fuck you, I'm not doing it. You know? If Charlotte had said, fuck you, I'm not going out there for this segment, my tone might be a little different here. But she went out to the ring and went into business for herself. And oh, by the way, doing a silly little belt exchange where you're handing your belts to each other, that doesn't move me as something that's so embarrassing that it's going to kill your drawing power. What's the big deal? If she would have went out there and just did the segment as asked, nobody would be talking about it today. No one would have remembered it. It would have been just a nothing segment where they handed their, their titles to each other, okay? And then Sasha comes out, and you set up your next program, okay? Do you think anyone today would be saying, oh, my God, I can't believe Becky said Becky two belts and embarrassed Charlotte? Nobody would be talking about that. Ten minutes after it happened, she made a mountain out of a molehill. Go out there, hand your little fake title over, Charlotte 7000, and pipe down, Okay? Go do your job and pipe down. And you get pushed above your, your 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 the level of star that you are to begin with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay? Be happy with that. All right? And let me tell you something else. If this does end up with her being – them having enough because everybody hates her guts 
because she's a pain in the ass. I, I should and, say as well, there, there are reports that Becky and her had words backstage. There's reports that Sonya and Charlotte had, you know, uh, words backstage as well. And then the reports over the next few days were just like, yeah, everybody fucking hates Charlotte <laughs> and hates working yeah. with her. And she's a pain to work with. And she doesn't like anything. She doesn't offer any, you know, she doesn't like the direction of her character. And then they'll say, okay, well, what do you want? And then she goes, ah, and she doesn't give any constructive feedback to it. So it's like, all right, well, what are we doing here? What, and like, who are you? Yeah. You you get pushed because you're Ric Flair's daughter and you're not a draw. Who are you? You you believe your gimmick. And then she goes to her house organ, McCarthy. That's his name? Alex Mc what's that guy's name? Uh oh, the talk sport guy? Yeah, I think it's Alex. I want to bury this guy. Yeah, I think I think it's Alex McCarthy, right? Yeah, let's maybe get that right. Are you talking about the talk sport guy? I think that's yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. from. Yeah, Alex McCarthy, yes. That terrible outlet. So this Alex McCarthy, who has been her house organ in the past, okay. I this is the kicker for this story to me. So she gives him her version of the story. Fine. Then she throws in a completely irrelevant nugget of that she wanted to do a job for Bianca Belair, clean in the middle. Rich, whether that's true or not, <laughs> what the fuck does that have to do with this? The uh, only reason she fed that to him, and I don't even care whether it's true that's, or not. Yeah, I will. Okay. Irrelevant. Now I actually love Charlotte Flair because this is like a perfect like old worker thing because this is like yeah. a classic like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels like hating each other. No, we're not going to do any business. No, we're not going to do any of that. No, I'll lose to Ken Shamrock. I always thought I would lose to Ken Shamrock. It's like, the no only cares. Reason threw <laughs> that in. Like, the only reason she threw that in is because she knows that would be no one everyone would like like that because everyone likes right. Bianca Belair. Right, right, right. And 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 she knows also that the company is blowing the Bianca Belair push. So she knows that's going to come off well because no one's happy with the way Bianca's being pushed except for people who are brain dead who don't understand how you really make a star. And she also knows that it's going to come across well on her because oh well I'm the one willing to lay down for Bianca Belair. Becky's the one beating her in eight seconds. She didn't say that part, but that's the implication she's putting out there. Becky's beating her in eight seconds. I'm willing to put her over. Bianca doesn't beat anybody because, by the way, credit to Sean Ross Sapp who pointed out, this may have changed since he tweeted it, but Bianca Belair hasn't won a match in like her last eight TV matches. Uh, Do you know that? Why? And people insist they're pushing her uh, well. This company, what are you doing? They, <laughs> it's so easy. It's such a layup. She's she's lost or not not lost, but she has not won because you know they always do these convoluted three and four right, and right, tag right. matches. She has not won in like her last half dozen television. <sighs> Bianca Belair and Rich, we're the only ones brave enough to say until now because now Sean Ross Sapp is on it. Good for him. We've been the only ones brave enough to say that they're not pushing her well and that they're blowing it like they always do because they are and because we like her and want to see her pushed and we're annoyed by it and we shouldn't be because you shouldn't be annoyed about anything in this fucking stupid company. Okay. But you know, so you kind of thought this one that, you know, we told people to pump the brakes, not because we didn't want it to happen, but because we knew it was, and it's like, you, there's no, how do you know? Like, how do you not figure this out? Yeah. With Bianca, so like, what are you doing? It's so easy. Yeah. Just don't do anything. Just have her win because she's have good. Have her win. <laughs> she never wins. <laughs> Just have her win matches. She's an incredible athlete. She's personable. She's a good wrestler. Just win matches. She, <laughs> she won. She beat Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. If I were in charge, she wouldn't. She wouldn't have. She still wouldn't. No, have lost she's not losing at all ever. She wouldn't have lost a single match since that Sasha Banks win at WrestleMania. That's how you make a star. And maybe it wouldn't work. 
maybe it wouldn't take. If if we if it was that easy and we always knew, every wrestling promoter would be a millionaire, right? They'd all, you know all of them across the board. Maybe it wouldn't take, but that's how I would do it. She wouldn't have lost yet. But yeah, it, I don't want to get off track. The point here is Charlotte floated that out with her house organ and made sure that that was out there because she knew that that would look good. But whether it's true or not, it does not fucking matter. It has nothing to do with what went down in this segment. It's hilarious that she put that out there to try to swing the, the, the public favor in this scenario because she knows she's 100% wrong. She knows it too. That's why everybody got in her face in the back. You know, and Becky and Sonia aren't out of line. They got embarrassed out there. Or they, they tried to embarrass them out there. Here's the other thing about this, Rich, and I want your opinion on this. I don't even think the way it came off on TV was, unless you're an insider dork like us, I don't even think it came off that bad on TV. Like, I don't think your common viewer thought twice about that segment after it was over. Yeah, I think he you, just, I, I think if you're, you're like Joe TV, you just thought, wow, Charlotte's a real asshole, and I can't wait till Becky beats her type of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. But the problem here is Becky's supposed to be a heel, too. Yes, and, and that, that, yeah, <laughs> right. Becky totally got baby-faced in this, which is another problem because, again, you're going against the the, the story the company <laughs> wants to tell, yeah. and you're baby-facing the, 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 someone who's supposed to be a big-time uh, heel. Yeah. And now they had to turn Sasha baby-face again because she's going to feud with Charlotte. Sasha is a face or a heel every week it alternates. It's They, they are clueless. This whole thing <laughs> – They've got like this four-way feud going with these with with the three horsewomen and Bianca, and you right? have no clue who's what no clue or what who you're doing, supposed to be rooting for, who's good, who's bad, who's favored, who's the. Who's and and the, let me ask you a yeah. question: With all of this, who has who has who do you feel is being pushed out of this scenario out of the four? Good fucking luck. I mean, none of them look good. Like, <laughs> no, it's bad. Yeah, it, it, it's it's you know it's like distraction finishes, interference. Stolen pins at in fucking Saudi Arabia. Nobody looks good. Segments like this, the belt exchange, which everyone knew was a poor idea, and it ended up being an utter fucking disaster, worse than anybody could have anticipated, because someone got pissed and went into business for themselves. And my whole thing with Charlotte is she probably wants to be with Andrade, and he has publicly stated he wants the whole fucking family in AEW. And here's the thing. If she becomes available, of course you have to have the conversation and you bring her in just because you can rub it in the face and put Ashley Flair on TV or whatever. But here's the problem. I don't know if I trust her. She might be a toxic fucking entity in your locker room. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that you could say no because it's a big get and it would probably pop a huge rating and you stole another one and all this and that. But man, I don't like the way she rolls. And I don't know if I want to – and I don't like the way Andrade rolls. And I don't know if I want to bring in Roosh and his whole fucking family and Charlotte and fucking and, – and, and give them like a fucking core of people who are going to be toxic in that locker room. That, sc- that would scare the shit it out It would of scare me. Yeah, we had those same conversations about CM Punk. And obviously he came back and was like as, as good as he could possibly be and is on his best behavior or whatever. Yeah. I just I don't see it out of out of out of Charlotte and and the problem is Punk probably had reasons to be bitter and emboldened and angry and all that sort of stuff. I just don't see why she's a, like that's my worry is they have literally done everything to give her every opportunity 
I mean, it, it absolutely reminds you of Shawn Michaels in like 1997. Like this, oh, yeah. this guy who has been given everything in this company has been given everything and it's Still never happy. enough. He's never happy. He's never, this sucks. This is stupid. I hate this. I'm going home. I'm leaving. Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, bro, what else do you want from us? Like what, what else do you want us to do? And I kind of get that with, with, with Charlotte as well. It's like, bro, like you're the, you're the multiple time champ, all this sort of stuff. Like, yeah, it's one thing to say, hey, look, here, here. I, I don't think this is good for my character. Maybe do this. Maybe do that. That's not what's happening, apparently. And then we saw it on Friday that that's not what's happening. She's Rich, instead swap the belts. What's the big deal? Right, right. We're, they didn't we're... ask you to go out there and do a clean job in the center of the ring. Like they asked you to swap title belts. Yeah. What the fuck is the big deal? I mean, she's at her ego is out of control. It's she's, also dorky I... to care that much in this company, which, like, you know. The way to go is, like, you need to be on, like, the Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura trajectory with this company. Just, you know what I mean? Just go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's wild. Like, again, I'm not against wrestlers having some thoughts and some input and, and, and challenging a little bit, but never in the middle of the ring, never in front of your coworkers, never where it makes them all look like assholes, too. And look like business for yourself. Yeah, that, that stuff sucks. If you want to tell Vince to fuck off and you, you take your, your shit and go home. I, I re- I'll, I'll respect that. I, I'll I, even go this far. If you want to go into business for yourself and cut a promo where you're the only one involved and cut your own promo, I wouldn't even knock her for that. The problem here is two other people. Right. You, you, you brought two other people yeah. down to your level, and, and, and they have no part in it. They're, they're, it's, it it's, they've done nothing in this situation to cause this. No. No. And it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's petulant, childlike behavior, and she's not a big enough star to pull it off. Some people can pull that off. She cannot pull that off. Where she doesn't have the, the, the enough stroke for that. Yeah, Rich, if she disappeared, if she quit tomorrow and went and lived on a beach and never wrestled again, you would never think about her ever. It again, would. Yeah. It would not matter at all if she wasn't on that show. Not one iota. They can just ignore her like Benoit, and it wouldn't fucking matter. No one would care. You know, in in, in a meaningful way. Yeah, and, and I have the same thought with you about AEW. Is it's like you have to call her, you have to actually have that conversation. But I would be very, very, very nervous about it. I would need, I would need to hear things in that conversation that make me believe that okay, like you're really about this. You want to do this. You want like I would really have to have a long conversation about that. And I would, I just, I right now, and I would have said this a year or two ago as well. Like I, I've never, this show has never been a huge Charlotte Flair show. You know what I mean? We've never thought that she. I, I think she's solid. I think she's good. There's times in her matches where been, I think she's I think really, really good. But I think we've been fair slow. about we've yeah. been fair about her all the way. When she's good, she's good. When she's bad, she's yeah, good. yeah. And when she's bad, she's real bad. When she's good, she's usually pretty damn good. Like pretty, pretty yeah. great. But yeah, I, I would be nervous about it because I would need to know. Okay, like you're not gonna, you can't pull any of this shit here. You know what I mean? Like that, that's just not gonna happen. So, well, I, you know what I would do? I would say we'll bring in. You're losing clean in the middle of Britt Baker. Your first match in, and see how she reacts. To yeah. That. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and that's something that I would book anyway, because my whole thing is when you're in these kind of wars, you know, I, I think that your guy, your, your guys should win when their guys come in in almost every circumstance. I don't want to say every because you don't want to deal in absolutes. I still think it was a mistake that Samoa Joe didn't beat Kurt Angle out of the gate. You know, I, I, I still think that I think Samoa Joe, they should have made a statement there with Samoa Joe and, and, and they didn't. Um, you know, not strong enough in my opinion. And, you know, Kurt, you know, he won that feud, right? I mean, I'm not missing. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. And it's like, that should have never been the case, you know, because you weren't going to hurt Kurt Angle. Yeah. And Joe never got um, back on track, by the way, either. Like, he, he yeah. the rest of his career, after after drawing the biggest buy rate in, you know, 
uh, TNA history at that time. He never got back on track again. So I'm beating Charlotte as soon as she gets there, and then I'm I'm believing in my own ability to build her back up. You know that you know, and 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 in AEW that's easy because people know that everybody loses in that company, yeah. and there is no bull. You know, but that's getting way off track. The point here is, I would be very very worried about bringing her in, and I'd be very worried about. Uh, building up a clique of people like Roosh has a horrible reputation too, which doesn't need to be even expanded upon. Um, you know, and, and it's like you got to be careful bringing these kinds of people with these reputations into what currently, at least on the surface, is a very um, happy environment and a very stable environment at the moment. You know, and 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 you got to be. I would be wary is all I'm saying. No. Now, obviously, there's a massive upside to both Charlotte and Roosh. A massive upside to those maneuvers. You know, but it's like, uh, you gotta, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a bit wary of both of them, you know, and, and, uh, and, and th- but, but this is putting the cart way before the horse. I don't think they're going to let Charlotte go because they know what we just talked about. They don't want her popping up on Dynamite a week later. Um, so I think they're just going to try to deal with this, but man, if I'm in WWE's position, I, I let her sit home. I mean, cause I really don't think she's a big enough deal to where it's a, it's difference making if she's not around. Right. And, and I, I can't trust her anymore. You know, that, you know, yeah, like you, you've too. lost that trust. You went out there and you, you defied our, you know, for better, or for worse, you just defied our trust. And, and if you're a company where everything is so meticulously planned out and all that sort of stuff, for you to go out there and just completely do your own thing and, and throw two other people under the bus. And and I was going to remark as well, you mentioned Sasha Banks. Her music hit, and Michael going, it's boss time, and then <laughs> Sasha Banks yeah. ran down to the ring. It's uh, the you know, fastest even, she's ever gotten down to the ring. Yeah, and we didn't even bring up Sasha, but she's sitting in the back waiting to do a segment, and she doesn't know what the fuck is No, and like, yeah, it's like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and Michael's like, it's boss time. She, you know, does one swoop. she's got to And she's running in there. Yeah, she's running into the ring to get in there to try to go into this fucking bomb of a this goddamn you know mushroom cloud that's in the middle of this ring and do her normal promo thinking all right so who am i talking to like what's going on here who's the heel who's the baby face who am i talking shit to and it's just yeah it's a disaster and you know she's someone who can pull a little rank because she does make a difference yes in the ratings and all of that and that's why you see her disappear for yeah that's why she can take her ball and go for a little bit and say you know yeah. what i'm just gonna go fuck around japan for a couple months you guys care and they go Oh, that's fine, Sasha. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, come back. Like, yeah, she's earned that, yeah, you know. And sure. and I, I and I don't think that Charlotte has necessarily has. I think she, um, you know. So so th- there's all of these situations are are you know case by case. You can't be you can't have absolutes with any of these things. But in this one, I don't. I I I genuinely don't see how you can be on Charlotte's side here in this scenario. She just she's just a hundred percent wrong. Yeah. In this one, you know, yeah, and there, I think there's that, ways to go about this, and this was absolutely not the way to go about it. So, and I think the people who confronted her in the back had every right, and um, you know, and 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 I think they were right for sending her home. So, um, I, I think that's the way to deal with this. And if yeah, she doesn't want to play ball, she was let her do rot media. She was gonna do media this week, and now she's uh, not doing media. So. Well, <laughs> you know what? Listen, that's what I said. I would send her home and leave her there. Yeah, I'm not gonna hand her to AEW. Nah, we'll call you when when we're ready for you, but. Yeah, yeah, let, let her sit and stew that. for a little bit. Let her sit and stew for a bit. Think. Yeah. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. 
until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network oh, that's that's uh charlotte versus becky let's uh real quickly since we're in wwe land here uh you want to talk about nxt 2.0's halloween havoc joe you know there is so much bad wrestling to talk about, and I know that <laughs> the rest of the show a... is so bad. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it worked out good because we don't have good shows to talk about, so we can get through a lot of these very quickly. Because I hated <laughs> these two shows we're going to talk about. This, I hated the plot. Havoc shows. Uh, one of the dumbest, stupidest wrestling shows I've ever seen in my life. I fucking hated this show so much. I I cannot imagine. I I cannot think of the time in recent memory, that I've hated a show as much. And it wasn't even just that it was boring and I was just like, ah. I can, You know what? I can the next day when I was <laughs> watching Bound for Glory. Glory. I didn't, didn't take long. I didn't hate Bound no, for Glory that much because it was just like kind of boring yeah. at times. Yeah. This yeah. show was so fucking dumb. This is the dumbest wrestling show I've ever seen really in my cool. entire life, this NXT 2.0. If it wasn't just dumb wrestling matches with terrible finishes and and, and, and and winners that make no sense and all this stuff doesn't make sense, it's, a, you know, the, the, the this backstage segments where they're having, like, a, this, the worst Halloween party you've ever seen in your life. There's guys invading people's houses and oh, it's just what was this show chucky you had chucky there 
Uh, <laughs> it's just the worst. This show was so stupid. You know, it popped a number. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. It always does, though. The Halloween Havoc gimmick. Yeah, people love. People are suckers, myself included, for a good Halloween Havoc. So um... yeah, I popped a number last time too. Um, so they're gonna keep doing these. But yeah, I mean, unfunny comedy. Um, what was the thing with Carmelo Hayes? I I forget his sidekick's <laughs> name. What's the other guy's name? Um, I don't remember his yeah, shoot, yeah. But Carmelo Hayes is in the, the. Him and his buddy are in the car going to try to fucking beat up Johnny Gargano. And Johnny Gargano apparently lives in a haunted house or something. And how <laughs> no, bad? Were no, it was Dexter Lewis's house. He was, was over. Was. He was over at Dexter Lewis's house. Yes. Yeah, but there were like dead kids in the yard, and um, yes. And uh, <laughs> this is made up. This is so unfunny. <laughs> so Pedro, the only time I did laugh is when Carmelo and and the other guy they walk into Dexter Lewis's house, and there's like this painting of this old woman. Uh, or it's like not necessarily an old woman, but a woman from the past. Like it's like it's like an eighteen eighteen hundreds like wax painting or whatever. And they go, damn, that girl's kind of fine. <laughs> I was like, I laughed. I laughed a little bit during that part. Did you catch that? Uh yeah. It was just yeah. I mean, but that was the only part I there was. By the way, these were like twenty minute long segments. That was the only time I laughed. Uh, and then it all the punchline, Joe. We were just. I'm sure you were in stitches about this one, grabbing your stomach. Is eventually after all this, there's dead children. There's a bunch of weird stuff all over. Johnny looks at Dexter and goes, "Next year we're having Halloween at my house." Yeah. <laughs> oh my uh, god! Hilarious! <laughs> hilarious! Ooh, <laughs> I got to regain my composure after that uh, that riot that that one. I was, know but... I always say this, but who are the people who think this is amusing, <laughs> I, funny, I or, or good? Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> I don't know. Like who, on any level, who thinks this? Yeah, is... who, who watched like the uh, what was the one? Oh, the one last year that was like the most. Oh, the Viking Express or Experience one or whatever, and the uh, remember the Street Profits Viking thing last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. so they're, bad, they're, and they kept trying. Basketball, and they and kept yeah. trying for weeks. On yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not funny, guys. So you have that. Yeah. And then you have these weird, this Halloween party backstage, which is oh, just yeah, yeah. all the members of NXT at the lamest Halloween party you've ever seen. There's yeah. smoke. There's always a, like a generic drum beat in the background. Yes. Like a generic techno beat. It's like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's like purple. There's like purple yeah. lighting everywhere. Just horrible jokes. <laughs> They're just like, all in this like locker room drinking a punch bowl or whatever. And then just like, yeah, just terrible joke after terrible joke after terrible joke. You had Chucky played by Gilbert Gottfried. What was this Chucky voice? I don't think it was Gilbert. I think it was. How do you know it wasn't? I don't. I. I he was like, it's Chucky here. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, that's not how Chucky sounds, right? Yeah. All right, it's time for Chucky. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, that's Gilbert Ch- Gottfried. Ch- Chucky now sells fake jewelry at the flea market. That's <laughs> right. who Chucky is now. Yeah. Rod Breaker. I'm like, that's not Chucky's voice, though, is it? It's an actual <laughs> Rolex, I, I swear. Right? It didn't sound like Chucky. It sounded like Gilbert Gottfried. And if you, if you didn't think it sounded like Gilbert Gottfried, go back and you will not be able to understand. You'll be like, what the fuck? I would respect it more if it was Gilbert Gottfried in the role of Chucky. That would rule. That would be awesome. So Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh... Halloween Havoc. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? 
fuck is this show? Never mind that it's Chucky the murderous doll as a, <laughs> right. as deciding on the stipulation of the match. <laughs> and the part when I was just like, this is the dumbest fucking show. What am I doing? Is they yeah. were like, uh, Vic Jones was like, all right, we're going to go to uh, Chucky who's going to spin the wheel and make the deal. And it's like, I'm Chucky. I'm going to spin the wheel. And then like, yeah. <laughs> then he spins the wheel and then they go back to the NXT, whatever the hell they're calling the NXT 2.0 arena or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's some Little doofus kid, some wiener kid on the stage. And Victor Scope goes, all right, this little kid, he's our fan of the week. He's going to spin the wheel. And I was like, you just told me Chucky was going to spin the wheel. Yeah. I hate this show. It's so bad. I hate this show so much. Yeah. And then, by the way, you're not exactly getting Masawa Kawada in the ring. <laughs> no, and then like, the bell yeah, rings. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's a fucking triple threat scare away to hell ladder match. And yeah. you know, Shrek kills herself. and. Nobody else really knew how to climb up a ladder, so that was uh, fun. But This was a train wreck. Yeah, yeah. You had six I, of the seven people that looked like they were deathly afraid of ladders, which is not ideal. Not good. Or five of the not six, good. I should say. It was, a, it, was a, it was a triple threat, scare way to hell ladder match. You know, uh, you, 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 know what I, you know what I loved about this, though? Even though the match was atrocious. Gigi Dolan climbs up and wins, right? Mm-hmm. So then uh, she kicks uh, Indy Hartwell off and then pulls the pulls the belt down and JC Jane joins her on top of the ladder. And then they have to stand on top of the ladder, holding up the belts and making weird WWE faces for no less than like six minutes because (laughs) they they show them making the weird WWE faces when they won. Then they showed all the replays. Then they come back from the replays and they're they're still still up there making the the weird WWE faces. Then they kick it to the announcers and they come back. The music's still playing. They're still making the weird WWE faces and what's going through my mind is it's you got to be pretty creative to make new weird WWE faces when you're on top minutes. of these ladders yeah. for like six straight minutes and just keep making these weird fucking faces. Yeah, so credit to them because they, they, they were able to maintain the silly faces the whole time. So. You have to stand on that ladder and stare at the hard cam and make your WWE weird faces. Like no human would really <laughs> react if they won a prize fight. Have you ever seen a UFC fighter or a boxer win <laughs> And then stare into the hard cam and make weird faces for six or seven minutes. Have you ever seen And that? then point to the belt and point to themselves. This is my belt. Yeah. I earned. I'm world champion. And mouth words but not actually right. say them. I am like, the NXT you, champion. And then just make those weird WWE faces. It's not smiles. It's not grimaces. It's just those faces. They yeah, make, you know you know right? it. It's hard to describe, but you know it if you know it. Yeah, that's the, that's the yeah. face. Uh. Yeah. Have you ever seen someone win the Super Bowl and just stare in the camera and make weird faces for six or seven minutes? No, humans don't behave this way. <laughs> I hate this company. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> then, so we had like 27 of those backstage segments that we talked about. We had your boy Joe Gacy come out, which I am now I am now on the right side that he is a fake. We had this discussion a few weeks ago. He is a fake woke boy. All right? I don't know. I think he's a real you think he's a, uh, okay. ultra woke. I think he's dunking on me on Twitter. Now, I want to talk a little bit about his yeah. entrance music, Joe. Did you, did you yes. note it on this show? Did you recognize it? I got to tell you, I was not paying attention to Joe Gacy's entrance music. So oh, shit. Here's, an ad. Here's, here's one. I'm going to play. I'm gonna, I was going to play it on the audio here, but I want you to hear it as well. So I'm just going to play it on my oh, phone. We, we need every bit of revenue we can. You sure yeah. you want to do this for the That's YouTube fine. upload? Or, okay. What is this? 
Yeah, it's a. It's like a wacky guitar. <laughs> I know. Is that like a? Is that what woke boys listen to? Like. Well, the woke boys dress like investment bankers. None of <laughs> no, it makes sense. I don't know. That's why he's a fake woke boy. I'm telling you. He th- so I forget who it was in our Slack that said he is a camp counselor. He's the fake. He's an asshole. Like deep Andy down. Labar. Andy Labar. Andy Labar said, "Yeah, he's a camp counselor, counselor, a church guy. Like he's yeah. a fake woke guy. He's not." But true. if you're being a fake woke guy and you're trying to fool people, wouldn't you? I don't know. Not dress like people's fucking dad. Who is, definitely isn't. A woke <laughs> I cannot guy. answer that or come out to like weird like prog rock rich. i don't know what's going on <laughs> he, he rich he wears clothes that you wear to work like yes, how yes. is that how is that woke well i am a woke, woke boy wear? so that's why so. no but like if you're faking being woke shouldn't you wear like thrift store clothes because you're not all about the brands and you don't want to support corporate like yeah. wouldn't you go all the way with the fucking ruse and maybe like i don't i don't understand the way he dresses I don't know what the. That's it's like, like Western a, folk rock, or like I don't know what the hell it is. That's like a Doors B side. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Is this for John? Know. Was this the rejected John Morrison theme that they just gave to Joe Gacy? Yeah, all right, whatever, Val. Here you go. Like, yeah, very, very strange. So, well, I, he defeated Malik Blade. Yeah, he did so, defeat Malik Blade. Yeah, then. uh Oh, I forgot about the, the so long storyline of Eli Drake. <laughs> Yes, it was just like Dracula. supposed to be the host of NXT 2.0 Halloween Havoc. But the other guy, whose name I forget, Joe, I was hoping you would remember <laughs> the what, other guy. what the other guy's name was. That would be uh, Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller, yeah. Um, he the other, the other guy. The other guy. So he comes out. He, he does a bunch of dumb shit for a while. At the, at the tail end of the show, though, he's cutting a promo. And then Eli Drake comes down. And the most generic, like... Oh my god. Grayson Waller goes, Oh, I see you're back from your car troubles. And Eli Drake says, How'd you know I had car troubles? This show was mm. so dumb. Ah. He goes, I just wasn't here. How did you know it was car troubles? And it's like, Ah! And then Grayson Waller has been found out. Yes. His ruse. Exactly, uh, <laughs> not exactly Paul Orndorff and Bob Roop in 1982. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I know, no. Yeah. There was a classic yeah. WCW one too. I forget what it was. It was like Johnny B. Bad didn't show up to like a sh- a match. And flat he... tire DDP, right? Yeah, oh DDP, and then DDP goes, ah, looks like you had four flat tires. And Johnny B. Bad goes, I didn't say I had four flat tires. I just said flat tire. Yeah. <laughs> DDP goes, yeah. ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it ruled. It ruled because it was 1992. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's like, uh, you're right. It was DDP. Yeah, and he goes, I just said flat tire. Yeah, I didn't say four. <laughs> Well, you know what we're going to get out of this. Um, if you, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Trevor Lee struck out trying to get women again. What's his name? It's not Trevor Lee. <laughs> what the fuck's his name? Whatever. Who cares? Who gives a shit? So Trevor Lee strikes out. Cameron Grimes. Why did I forget Cameron that? Grimes. Cameron Grimes. And uh, he ran into Duke Hudson, the the, the poker yeah, player. Yeah, your boy. Your boy. Yeah. And uh, apparently they're gonna, you know they're going to play cards next week on NXT 2.0 because because uh, uh, he said he wanted to uh, sit down at the poker table with, uh, <laughs> with Duke. Duke. Uh, so we're going to get a live poker game on NXT 2.0. Can't wait. Week. So 
Oh, the show! It'll be hilarious. Oh, the comedy! The comedy! He's not going to know the rules. He's going to be like you. He's going to think they're playing blackjack. (laughs) You know, it's good. (laughs) He's going to win one hand and go. I'm going to the moon, and they're like, "You've only won five (laughs) dollars." You know what I mean? I still have all my chips, mate. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to win every hand, Duke Hudson, because he's a fucking you know he's a a poker player. Yeah, because he knows what he's doing there, Duke. Duke Hudson, the poker player. Maybe, maybe he'll be dealing from the bottom of the deck. Yeah. Uh, right. Roderick Strong beat Odyssey Jones. Um, Ed Norton and Rounders. And then they're going to get beat up by the cops at the lodge. Mm-hmm. Nothing, Rich. Nothing. Mandy Rose defeated Raquel Gonzalez, who is now a biker, I guess. I don't know. Ah, yes. All of a sudden, Mandy Rose comes out. Toxic attraction. <laughs> so she comes out. <laughs> and then we hear vroom, 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 vroom. Like, yes. what is going on what vehicles, is happening Rich. vehicles <laughs> what, are happening what is happening and they go to the back and there's Raquel Gonzalez in this trick or street fight uh, here's yeah. Raquel Gonzalez entering the ring in her motorcycle and Vic Joseph goes as we know Raquel Gonzalez the two places she's most comfortable the wrestling ring and a motorcycle I said no I didn't know that yeah like, no one knows when that when did I know that how was I supposed no, to know that not we know we don't know <laughs> but now uh, I know that didn't matter because uh, the returning Dakota Kai uh, hits Raquel Gonzalez with a shovel and Toxic Attractions Mandy Rose is now the NXT Women's Champion when are wrestling promotions going to learn that wrestlers do not in fact look cool riding motorcycles in tiny confined spaces where it looks like they're going to fall down every time they try to turn one. It never looks cool. Can we stop with the motorcycles inside of wrestling arenas? Yeah. Turning around the ring steps and shit. It's it's so awkward. It looks like they're going to fall over at any moment. It's not cool. Can we just stop with vehicles period? Let's just stop. Remember FTR and their old timey truck. Oh, the, the truck that would barely truck. start. Yeah, we got yeah. the best part about that is we got somebody uh, in the room that said that thing fucking sucked, and I told them not to do it. So, yes, that was my yes. favorite. One of my favorite DMs ever. Somebody yeah. saying that fucking truck. I forget. Like that, the, there was something around that turn. You guys are right. The truck sucks. I don't know why we're doing it. Yeah, I did never wanted to do it. Yeah. The fucking old time truck. Didn't start that one time. It was like a disaster. <laughs> yeah. That was, I guess, the last time we saw it when it didn't start. And then now Raquel Gonzalez coming in on this motorcycle. She has never looked less cool. <laughs> Why can't she just walk out looking tough like she always She does? did that for, I don't know, a year and it seemed to work because she became a very popular figure. And uh, she's got to have a gimmick. And her gimmick is person that rides a motorcycle, I guess. So, oh, okay. Didn't work because she lost. So, uh, yes. we had a. Lumberjack O'Lantern match here, Imperium versus MSK, that featured one of the best. Uh, uh, there's 15 guys outside the ring all wearing costumes. MSK goes off the top rope. Nobody catches any of them. No one catches them. Like, couldn't have caught them any less. Cedric Alexander with a tweet of the night. Uh, it, it was a, it was apart from Rugrats. They had a uh, Passover episode with uh, Moses you know, parting the Red Sea, and that's, that's Cedric Alexander. Yes. <laughs> Just quote tweeted it with. Splat. With Tommy Pickles splitting the Red Sea because that's essentially yeah. what happened on this night. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Brad Breaker, <laughs> you know, little dog face plop or whatever. Just call him a Steiner. <laughs> just call him a fucking Steiner. Why don't you just oh, call him a Steiner? Hear, Stop calling him a puppy dog. Oh, puppy dog gremlin. Just call him a fucking Steiner. Dog face gremlin. He's Rick Steiner's son. Just say it. Just do it. There's talk that. Um... <sighs> There's talk now that Scott Steiner owns the trademark and we'll give it to him. Good. The Steiner. <laughs> they don't deserve it. <laughs> so, 
Uh, I will say this. I don't know whether that's true or not, but I will say this. Uh, I thought Braun Breaker's stock went tumbling downward in this. He was not good. Nah, and yeah. I'm not even talking about the botch where he fell off the middle rope. Like, even putting that aside. In a tape show. Just, in a tape show. <laughs> there's just nothing there with this guy. Yeah, he's I think there's ready. something there. It's just he's not ready. Yeah, he's not ready. You can do. I, I mean, it, now there's nothing. There. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, this is. You, you should not. I mean, he should not have been in this position right now. He should have been beating no people for a year straight until it's so obvious that he's ready to go and that you know deep down, you know, backstage or whatever that he's ready to go, that he's ready for this moment. Rich, Top Dalla and B Fab are on the main roster. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting aggressive now. We're getting aggressive, yeah. so we'll see. I mean, no, they're not ready. This guy's not ready, and he got exposed here. This was not good. Yeah, he went 14 minutes with Ciampa and, and definitely yeah, did not look like a guy who should go 14 minutes with a guy. And here's oh. the thing. like, What I would have done is if you really think that this guy's something, if you think you're going to be – just have him fucking beat Tommaso Ciampa in two minutes. You know what I mean? Like, really, just do it. You know it's. I, you know what? I, I, I agreed with that until I saw the match. Maybe. Well, but then you, you can hide it for a while. I don't know. It depends how strongly you think of this guy because I don't know that having him go out there and have a so-so match and lose is, is, is going to do a whole lot for him. But Right. I mean, he should not be on TV. I, you know, but the toothpaste is already out of the tube. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, now you got to maximize what you have out of him, and that's to me would not be a fourteen minute match where he loses. But that, all right, we're, we're running out of this. So that was NXT two point. Well, we blew through. Well, we blew through Roderick Strong beating Odyssey Jones for some reason. I, I mentioned it, but yeah, it happened. Um, so why are the old forty year olds? If you're re, why are we doing this? Can we just move on, Joe? Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. I am going to let you have the floor because I know you are ready to go about Bound for Glory. So, Joe, I watched man. it. You watched it. Impact Wrestling Bond for Glory. What do you got? I mean, you're setting me up, but the problem is the show was so boring that I don't think I could bury it in an interesting way. It just fucking sucked. It was boring. The crowd was dead. It was all derivative fucking pro wrestling bullshit up and down the card. They open up with Inspiration versus Decay. Look, Inspiration, we advocated signing them for non-wrestling reasons. The reason we advocated signing them for non-wrestling reasons is because they can't fucking wrestle. They're terrible. They are the shits. They are so bad. They are aggressively bad in the ring. This was awful. But, you know, I can't really knock the decision here on any front. Uh, you know, they probably have more of a following than, than most of the people on this roster, so it's whatever. Then the Impact X Division. Of course, it's got to be a three-way match, right? But it's the X Division, so you're like, all right, maybe you give it a pass. This was the most nondescript um, non-interesting X-Division multi-man match I may have ever seen. And Impact has existed for, what, over 20 years? Or whatever it is? Was there anything to this match? I no. mean, it was just is is a nothing match. X-Division, I want action! Then Heath and his mystery partner... <laughs> Ah. Joe, it was no, Rhino. <laughs> Who would no have guessed? Solve this Who could have guessed it would be Rhino? And then they did the thing where, like, for some reason, he doesn't come out. He lets Heath get beat up <laughs> for, for, for four or five minutes before he comes out, and then they win in the final minute. So, sorry, I, I, I was clearly taking a leak, as I'm sure many people knew. Uh, did you yeah. talk about the inspiration in their, uh, their, their penis-colored uh, outfits? I didn't mention the penis colored outfits, but I did mention how they're aggressively fucking terrible. <laughs> they're stink. so bad. Yeah. There was a, I, I forget who, I think it was, I think it was Cassie and Havoc both tagged in. They were trying to do like a hot tag thing. And then they just like 
both ran in, both bumped into each other, both fell down, and then just looked at each other for like <laughs> what felt like five minutes straight. It was so bad. And it was just like, all right, well, someone do something. Like, you got to do something. So, uh, anyway, anyway, go on. Havoc is in the match, which doesn't help. Yes. Um, but it was still maybe the best person in the match, which is a horrifying thought. So, yeah. Um, then the gauntlet <sighs> intergender. 30 minutes of. Sam Beal is in this match. Um, there's women in this match. Do I need Alicia in there mixing it up with the kiss <laughs> demon? Kid. Do I need that? Yeah. <laughs> I, the demon was there. The kiss demon, though. That was cool. Was that Dale Torborg? You know, I was trying to figure out if that was or not. I don't think anybody's ever actually... Has, have we found that out? Because that, that, that I, I'm, I see a Dale Torborg all the time. He was the White Sox strength and conditioning coach for, for many, many years. And I, would... I don't think this was... Dale Torborg has got to be 60. Right. Dale Torborg is 50. He's only 50. Yeah, it could have been Dale Torborg. You figure if he's a straight... Yeah, Torborg, yeah. Dale Torborg made his return at the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. So, yeah, that was him. Okay. Well, good for him. Yeah, he's kept. He's, he's still in great um, shape. Still in guy. I don't know what he's doing these days, but yeah, he was, he was doing the baseball. You know how you say Royal Rumbles are like pizza? Yeah. I think we found our bad pizza. This was horrendous. <laughs> this was pretty bad. Yeah, that's. This was awful. This yeah, was these are not good. These are horrific, and and the names are horrific, and yeah, it was pretty terrible. So. It is not. It is not good. Um, intergender bullshit. Just bad all around. Just this whole show is just not interesting. <laughs> then the the tag team title match, of course, has got to be a three way. Of course, can't just have a fucking match. It's just so overbooked and shit. Just overbooked shit is what all of this is. You know, I know Finn Juice was in it. No pun intended. No juice to this match at all. Good Brothers Retain. Do you remember anything about this? I literally oh, watched yeah. it. I Joe, I watched this match maybe four hours ago, and I have zero memories of it whatsoever. Zero. Mickey James beats Deanna Perel. I thought Mickey James looked like shit. She looked bad, and I don't know what the fuck they're doing here. What are you doing? Why is she beating Deanna Perazzo? Don't know. I I am I, I, going to really need to hear somebody give me a, a, a reason why Mickey James had to win this match. You're going to have Mickey James come, quote-unquote, back? And Maybe Deanna's going to lose to Fabi Apache a bunch in Mexico or something. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Because triple, triple A definitely... <laughs> If you if you don't tighten up your booking before you go to AAA, you know they're gonna True, they're, yeah. they're really gonna call you out for that one. So you gotta have those ducks in a row. <laughs> right, AAA, AAA does not stand for you know. for sloppy booking. <laughs> right, um, don't want to make them look ridiculous. <laughs> other than get, other than Deanna Peraza was leaving, I can't figure out a reason nah, why I, Mickey James yeah. would beat her for the title. Doesn't so. make sense. No, I I completely agree. And Mickey uh, looked garbage. Mickey looked really really look, bad. Here. I didn't think she looked good. Um, there wasn't anything on this show to this point over two stars. Uh, maybe the X Division match was two and a half or something. I don't know. And then we have our main event, which they worked their asses off. They really this, were, so this was great. This was great, and um, unfortunately, was invalidated pretty quickly thereafter. But I like this match a lot. Just a, 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 tr- a good pro wrestling match between pro wrestlers. Josh Alexander, a very easy to to, to believe story. Guy who's worked his way up. He won the X Division title. Now he's going for the world title. Christian Cage, a guy who was in, in Impact, one of one of the big factors in Impact, you know, getting to where it got to in, in, in the mid 2000s He's coming back for the first time since, you know, since he left. Like he's got the title. And then Josh Alexander does it in front of his kids and they hug. And it's just like, all right, cool. Perfect. Great. 
You know what I mean? Good match. Josh Alexander gets the big win. He's a guy who's been busting his ass on the indies for, for years and years and years. Gets this big moment. 18 minutes. I liked this match a lot. I thought it was really, really good work. It wasn't like, uh, oh my God, go out of your way to watch this thing. It's a match of the year contender. But just a solid professional wrestling match for 20 minutes. I'm glad I watched it. And then Moose, who uh, won the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match, comes out and beats Josh Alexander, who, who shields his kids, tells his kids to get out of the way. And then Moose spears him and pins him in seven seconds to win the title. They went for the heat, Rich. They yep. went for the heat. Heat. They just made me way less interested in anything <laughs> yep. that's going to happen moving forward. I, the story here is now, oh, now Josh Alexander, he had his moment ruined, so now he's got to get Moose. But I don't care now. I just don't give a shit. I'm not, I'm not caught up in that. I'm not into that at all. I, I, I don't know. I thought uh, it was heat gone wrong. I don't, I don't like it. I feel like I the building like in they, the building. It didn't seem like they really liked it either because it was such a, a heartfelt moment of him, you know, hugging his kid and hugging his wife or whatever, and getting so excited. And it felt like the crowd was just ready for that to be it. You know what I mean? Like that was a cool moment. They had all built up to it. They were all kind of ready for it. And then, yeah, they just. I mean, I guess that's the idea. They want you to be mad at Moose. Yeah, but but I'm just annoyed that it, the, the show ended that way. Right. It's it, one of those it, things again. Like, there's a way to do booking in in in, in 2021 where people aren't mad at the company and i feel like more people yeah. are just mad at the company than they are mad at moose you know what well, i mean i don't think again they... cash-ins can we get rid of them yeah they're they're all terrible yeah just enough with and the fucking cash-ins it's an easy trope dumb trope how about you just you can cash something in but you know you can't you don't get the match like immediately you have moose come out and turn in his little trophy gimmick or whatever and say hey i i want you on impact this thursday right you could still ruin the moment you could have him maybe intimidate the wife. Well, with Moose, that might be a poor idea. I swear I didn't do that on purpose. But you, could, <laughs> but you could have him intimidate the kid or something and, and then say, I want you on Thursday, right? Now you're building something too. You're ruining the moment, which is the, the idea, right? And to get the heat. But then you're building for the match on Thursday. But We're still doing the shock thing, even though we've done the shock yes. thing for 15 years now. We're done. It's, not, it's, it's just annoying now. It just, it's fucking annoying. I hate it. And, and, and this show was so bad. And then I'm thinking, oh, the main event could redeem itself here. And, but then they fucking give me this at the end of this show that was terrible to begin with. And now I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch this company. What on this show made you want to tune in? Right. To our earlier conversation. Now, you have a finite amount of wrestling hours, consumption hours in the day. Why would you give any of that to Impact Wrestling right now? I hated this show. I hated it. There's just so much tropey, bad WWE shit on this show. All the three-ways and the cash-ins and... You know, the wrong people winning and just derivative garbage. I hated this show. I was in a bad mood when I X'd out. I got, ugh. Yeah. Like, ugh, I had to watch this. Ugh. Awful. Yeah, not great. And not even fun bad. Just kind of bad, bad and boring no, bad at times. Boring and, bad, yeah. shit bad. Just awful. I feel like they don't really care. I feel like No, they're just, they're just doing. They're, they're putting they're... out content for their mm-hmm. fucking television station and. Ah, uh, yeah. Garbage. I think we did this with Impact a few months ago, and I think it's time I hate to their whole vibe. It's time to maybe put them on the back burner for a little bit too. So, yeah. 
Yeah. We'll, we'll check in with Impact again in a couple months, maybe. <laughs> so we'll see what ends up happening. All right. Uh, we got about, wow, we've, we've, we blew through those two shows in about 15 minutes. Yeah, we got about 10 minutes. We got about 10 minutes. So do you want to talk New Japan? Do you want to talk Bloodsport? What do you want to talk about? Oh, so let's do GCW real quick. I did not watch Bloodsport, so I'll let you talk about that. But what I did watch was Suzuki versus Gage. Um, I did not watch the whole show. I watched that match, and it was terrible. Like I said, I watched a whole lot of shitty fucking wrestling. I'm glad Suzuki's going back to Japan. Look, I love Minoru Suzuki. I've had enough of Minoru Suzuki standing in a ring trading forearm shots with people. I just can't do it anymore. I've seen it a million times. Um, I get it. That's all he has to do. He's 53 years old. I don't expect him to go out there and kill himself. If he can get over just making mean faces and exchanging forearms, then good for him. I hope he made a, a gajillion dollars over here, which if you believe the rumors. Yeah, I think, think he did. I think he did okay. Dollars. Okay, but it's like I've had enough of it, and the Gage match was by far the worst one I saw. Nick Gage can barely move. Uh, I feel bad picking on the guy. He's obviously over and all that, but this was not good. I guess if you were in the building, the aura of the two being in the ring together may have carried the day, but I thought it was fucking atrocious. So uh, that's that. Um Blood sport. Did you want to talk about that quickly? I did not watch that show. Yeah, I can do this pretty quickly. Um, so blood sport was, as usual, pretty fun. Uh, they're never spectacular anymore. They're always just kind of like solid as hell shows, but they get in and out pretty quickly. Uh, so that's one thing I enjoy about them. Uh, I was actually going to tell you, um, Yoya Starboy Charlie was the opener. Remember how we weren't quite sure how that was going to work? Yeah. It's pretty damn good. Starboy Charlie could actually uh, wrestle a little bit. He could box a little bit. It was actually pretty good, way better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, unfortunately, just now as I uh, started enjoying Starboy Charlie for the first time, he uh, destroyed his leg, uh, I think, the next day on an indie show. Yeah. Broke his leg. It was yeah. awful. Do not, if you're squeamish, do not look it up. It is horrible. I'm, uh, I'm sorry I did it. So he's going to be out of, uh, of action for quite a while, too. But uh, thankfully, he's young. So young, you know, he'll, he'll hopefully heal pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, horrific, horrific injury for Starboy Charlie. But uh, that match was pretty good. That one wasn't bad. Um... I'm not going to go match by match. I'm just going to give you some uh, highlights here. Maria Shafir, uh, she was fine. She was pretty good, but it, it definitely looks like that's the only style that she can really do. Like, she wasn't really, there wasn't a whole lot of charisma about her. There wasn't a whole lot of, you know, pizzazz. Like, she's good at going in there and, like, looking technically sound, but I, I don't know if there's a whole lot there. So I, I'm not super, super excited about what she has to offer in, in, in the wrestling world anymore. So, um, Tom Lawler, Alex Coughlin. Go, Joe, watch this match. If you do anything, skip to this part in the show and watch Tom Lawler versus Alex Coggin. That's all, all I can tell you. It fucking rocked. So side topic. Tom Lawler is now a free agent. Ooh, okay. That? I like. He's, he's been jobbed out of MLW. Okay. He did, he did business the right way. Didn't he get put in yep. a He got put in a casket, right? He's done yeah, done. Yeah, Bill Mortez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did it the right way. They beat him by, they had everybody beat him on the way out, you know. And he's done. He's a free agent. Uh, what, what do you think? New hmm. Japan, right? Yeah, I mean, he's a New Japan champion. Do people know that? Yeah. No, I don't think most people do. I, I think, yeah, I think New Japan stick there. I hope New Japan keeps him there. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe AEW will use him time and time. He doesn't strike me as an AEW guy that much either. I mean, I think good he... talker, though. Really good yeah, talker. Yeah, he, he definitely can talk you in the building. I think he's such an asset to, uh, to New Japan. So I hope they have a way to keep him, and I hope they can keep him around because I th- I think he could be an absolute pillar of that New Japan Strong Show because I, I I think Tom Lawler rocks, and he was so good in this match. Him and Alex Coughlin, oh, my God. They could have – you know what I mean? Like, this was Bloodsport. They could have this same match in Cork and Hall, and it would be over just as much as it was here. 
I mean, it was aw- go out of your way to watch this match. This match is awesome. This is. I don't know if I have an exact rating for it. I always have a tough time rating Bloodsport matches, but this is one of the best Bloodsport matches I've seen since Barnett Suzuki. Really, truly, like, that good. It had the crowd just screaming and chanting, holy shit. That's all I'll tell you about that. And, like, real holy shit chants, not, like, the fake holy shit chants that you hear sometimes. Yeah. Like a real deal one. Uh, so watch that match. Tom Lawrence Coglin, great stuff there. Uh, Davy Richards faced Yuya Uemura. Uh, Uemura didn't quite... He was fine. He didn't quite understand, like, the style. So we just kind of, like, worked the rest of the match. But they did it in a really yeah. fun way. Like, he just, like, threw drop kicks and did stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? It made sense. You know, this is the thing I like about Bloodsport. Because the next match that I'm going to talk about is two guys that get the Bloodsport style. But the match was kind of boring and I didn't really like it. Whereas Yu Yu is like, it makes sense that he's like, I don't really know what we're doing. So I'm just going to kind of, like, hit you and, and, and do whatever I know how to do. So, yeah, he didn't, like, you know, he wasn't doing, like, top wrist locks and stuff. He was just fucking throwing drop kicks and punching the guy when he could. So it, it ended up being a pretty fun match between these two. I really liked that the crowd hated Davy Richards. I don't know if it's a GCW thing. I don't know if it was this, just this crowd or it was a, a New Japan strong you know crowd that really liked Yu Yu Omura. But uh, it was kind of cool. It made, it made for some pretty interesting dynamics where the crowd's just going nuts for Yu Yu Omura and booing Davy Richards every time they could. But this was kind of fun because it was like Yu Omura had like he was a kind of a fish out of water. Had no idea what to really do. But that's kind of what made Bloodsport fun. We had that conversation a few months ago when we talked about a, a recent Bloodsport that like Bloodsport was really cool and it was like wrestlers out of their comfort zone. And and that made it kind of fun. Whereas Davey, you know, he has he's like a purple belt or something in jujitsu, so he knew what he was doing. You didn't really quite know, so he just kind of punched and kicked, and then threw some drop kicks and stuff. So it actually uh, ended up being pretty fun. There was one point where uh, you and pretended that he was hurt. Davey Richards walked over. You and stood up, hit some awesome drop kick. Davey Richards went rolling out of the ring, and then he followed him out of the ring and started punching him. And the refs like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing here, man. So it was it was it was cool. It was pretty fun stuff there. Uh, then you had Josh Barnett versus Tiger Ruas. Uh, this is the one that I was talking about here. That both these guys get it. Both these guys are good fighters. I thought it was boring as fuck. You know what I mean? It was just like an MMA fight between these two guys, and yeah. none of the, the the fun stuff that makes blood sport blood sport to me. That that is that blending of the stuff. I don't want to watch two technically sound guys have a technically sound you know grappling match. That's yeah, not you yeah. know. I want I want drop kicks. I want, watch Tom Lawler and Alex Coughlin. That that was two dudes just fighting. You know what I mean? They were in the wrestling ring fighting. It's worked. You can make sure it's not boring. Right. And I think this match, unfortunately, a lot of it was kind of boring. And then the main event, Minoru Suzuki, Chris Dickinson. Not boring. But like you said, and I hate to say this, I'm just kind of done with the Minoru Suzuki thing. You know what I mean? Like in in America. I think this is one of the better matches he's had in America. I think it was really, really good action between these two. But it's just I'm kind of just over it. Once he comes out, he does Kazuninore and he gets in the ring and then he exchanges forearms. And you're kind of like, all right, I get it. I got it. Like, So, I mean, it was good. It was a really, really good match. Like, I would definitely watch that one. I would definitely watch Tom Lawler and Alex Coughlin. I would definitely watch David Richards, Yu Yu Amora. And if you have time, the whole show is a pretty easy watch. But but I would really just recommend those those three matches uh, uh, there. But with Tom Lawler and Alex Coughlin, I think, being far and away the best match of all of them. So. So that was uh, Bloodsport. And then we'll finish up here with New Japan. We were talking about that a little bit with uh, with Tom Lawler. But the latest on New Japan Pro Wrestling, we weren't quite sure after last week what was going to happen, but this fucking crazy dude did it. Kazuchika Okada is just carrying around the old IWGP title. He said, this is my yeah. trophy. And he fucking came out and he, it's his trophy. <laughs> it's the old IWGP title. So it's back. I got to admit. Looks good. It looks great. Man. It's a great looking title, man. Reggie Parks, the, the the unfortunately recently passed away. Reggie Parks, one of his finest belts. Uh, just a great looking belt. Just uh, looks good on his shoulders. It does. Just... Yeah, there's an aura of like, yeah, that's the dude. That's the man right there. So um, yeah. 
Well, it could be Tamatonga, Joe, that is holding that title because at uh, November 6th uh, power struggle, uh, he's going to put the title or the right certificate or whatever the hell it is. He's going to put it on the line against Tamatonga. So, uh, Joe, what do you think? Is Okada winning that match and going on to Wrestle Kingdom or what? So, you think he'll well, do it? At least they're uh, they're doing it in Japan and not forcing that match on on america yeah yeah because uh, we are going to talk about that uh, okada will be in san jose in a bit we'll talk about that but uh yeah, yeah. Uh, also on, on the november 6th the power struggle show uh shingo versus Zack saber jr world heavyweight uh title uh tanahashi versus kenta u.s title junior heavyweight title robbie eagles mr uh, mr belts over there robbie eagles he won the junior tag titles he's a junior heavyweight champion robbie eagles man we write about that guy what six seven years ago we first laid eyes on him. We said he was going to be great, and he's great. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, I have a keen eye for talent. I wish people would recognize me for that. But uh, but yeah. So I think he'll beat Despy. I think so too. Show. Yeah, yeah. Despy yeah. going for it. Uh, KOPW twenty twenty one. The the title that Okada started, and then now will just not even. It's this yeah. bastard child that he refuses to admit that he uh, he brought into this world, but. Uh, It'll be a kiss my feet or an amateur rules match between Toroyano and the great Okan. So. Fucking kiss my feet like Jerry Lawler in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Horrific. Uh, never weight six-man titles. Yoshiashi, Ishii, and Goto uh, defending against Sho, Yujiro Takahashi, and Evil. As you said, yeah. we talked about it last week. It'd be great to see yeah. if Evil wins the title again and goes, ah, no, I don't know. <laughs> like, Not interested in this. Yeah, he, shouldn't, he, should never be, you know, he should never be allowed to go for that title ever again. Well, they're gonna win. Oh, I for mean, sure. Yeah, absolutely. They're 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 winning that match and they're winning those titles. So, I guess we'll find out. Spoiler alert. Anyway, uh, Master Wato and Rusuke Taguchi, as well as Yuji Nagata versus uh, Hiromu Takahashi, Bushi, and Sonata. Uh, then, real quickly here, Tiger Mask, Great Bash Heel versus Tangaloa, Jado, and Gato. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, and then Fujita and Oya versus uh, Duki and Kanemura. So, yeah, they um back to full shows. So, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that's a full-ass show. There we go. Yeah. It's like a nine-match show. I guess they'll do the Chase Owens-Tanahashi match in America or somewhere else down the line. He has to get a match. I he mean, better, be yeah. Well, well he's, no he's back in America right now, right? Didn't he go back for a little bit, and then he's going to he go... Did. Then he's going to stay in Japan for, like, the rest of the year, I think, right? He's going back for a long time, for Tag League, probably. But there's no point in him beating Tanahashi unless they do that match. So he has to do the match, right? He has to. So he's got to get a title shot at some point. But they're going to do Kenta this time around. So, and Saber Junior replacing Kota Ibushi in the main event, which you know makes sense the way that because he beat Shingo. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That that works. That's a good match. It's it's good booking to have you know Saber get that that spot in there. And obviously he will not win, but it, it could be a really cool match. I'm 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 definitely looking forward to seeing those two. I get in the ring in the big time uh, main event, but uh, you talk about Kotobushi here real quick. Uh, this is the update per New Japan Pro Wrestling on Kotobushi. It's quote on October twenty first, G one final. Kotobushi suffered an injury in the ring that led to the match being stopped. Y'all right over there? Yes. Packers picked it off in the end zone with twelve seconds left. They they're gonna win here. Tremendous. Sorry, I play the Cardinals, uh, no. man. I. Rich, I don't want to go fifteen and two and have to play on the road in the playoffs. So I, we got to catch the card. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any stake in this game, or this is just from a Rams fan standpoint? Just here? a fan. I didn't bet on this. Okay, just you just don't want the Cardinals to win because you want the Rams to to get home field. It's twenty eight twenty one with twelve seconds left, and the Cardinals basically have 
they're going to throw it in the end zone a couple. They're on the ten yard line, so they're just going to throw it in the end zone a couple times and they kick the the field goal if they have to and tie the game. And the Packers just picked it off in the end zone. So Packers I are like what? They're like seven and one or something. Right? They're going to be seven and one. Yeah, yeah. good for them. Yeah, yeah. Whatever makes the Bears embarrassing is 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 is, is good on me. So that's it. And they are embarrassing. I was at a, I was at a bowling alley on Sunday as as. It was a classic, like, Rich goes and does something while the Bears are getting played. Uh, so, like, we, we arrive at the bowling alley. It's full. The Bears start. Everybody leaves. About, I don't know, halfway through the second quarter, the bowling alley starts filling up again, Joe. Mm. <laughs> I think it was, like, 21-0 by, like, you know, or whatever. And what was the final score? It was, like, 36-3 or some ridiculous, like... It was absolute ass woman, but yeah, there was a lot of people in bear shirts that suddenly wanted to bowl <laughs> later in that afternoon. So Fields is not ready. The problem is, um, uh, Navy. You can't go back to Dalton. You've already... You can't go back to Dalton. No, no, you. I'm not suggesting that. The problem here, though, is I think what Nagy's doing. He knew it was hopeless with Dalton, anyway. So. He's throwing fields in there because that buys Nagy another year because he can go to management and say, hey, look, you got to give me another year. With right. I, I, try, I tried this kid out. He's not ready right. yet. But, yeah, give me some time. Give me some time. So, it, so he's throwing him. So the, the problem is as you, you, what you what can happen there is you can just destroy his confidence. Right. He's going to just – or he'll get hurt or he'll – yeah. The Robert Griffin thing where you just get destroyed so much that you just end up like – So he could backfire badly. But he's if you watch him, he's just – He's he's just not he's just not ready. Yeah. And I mean, just sometimes rookies aren't ready. Nah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Pat Mahomes sat his first year. Pat Mahomes sat his first year behind Alex Smith. So it's like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, um, the guy you just talked Aaron about. Aaron Rodgers sat for like three years. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like sometimes these guys just, you know, aren't ready. And you know, it's just I think Nagy is doing a little bit of self preservation. Whereas if he has a terrible year with Andy Dalton, it's like maybe they throw him out the door. So I think there could be a little bit of that, but um, that'll, you know, little intelligentsia content for you at the end of the show. I'm sorry for interrupting you with the clapping. I just, it was a burst. Good. I thought you were just way into Kotobushi's injury, but uh, anyway, press release uh, said that Kotobushi suffered an injury that led to the match being stopped. After treatment from ringside medical staff, he was taken for uh, a thorough evaluation. The evaluation revealed a right anterior dislocation of the shoulder and joint lip damage. Uh, Recovery is expected to take Two months. So further updates will be provided as to Ibushi's return when more information is available. We apologize for any uh, concern caused uh, and join fans in wishing Ibushi the very best in his recovery. So two months. That's not bad, all things considered. He could make Wrestle Kingdom. He could. It's entirely possible. Someone in the chat room makes a great point. That year that Pat Mahomes sat, Nagy was the offensive coordinator. (laughs) That's funny. I didn't didn't make that connection either. It's it's a nice job out of J-pop in the chat room here. There you go. Good job. Good job out of you. Uh, so that's that. So that is uh, Kota Bushi. So two months, not too bad for that. And then the uh, final New Japan topic here. Uh, November 13th in San Jose, they've started to kind of uh, booster, uh, boost up the show a little bit. It's the Battle in the Valley. New Japan Battle in the Valley, November 13th in San Jose. Uh, Never Open Way Tadiya, Jay White versus Tomohiro Ishii. Ren Narita versus Will Ospreay. Clark Connors. I wrote Clack Connors in, the, in my notes, yeah. which is, is great. Clack Connors and Carl Fredericks. Uh, versus Jeff Cobb and TJP, uh, Rocky Romero, Fred Rosser, David Finley, Alex Coughlin, and Alex Zane. Alex Zane coming back. Uh, versus Kratos, Tom Lawler, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaacs. Team and Filthy. Team Filthy versus uh, Team Rosser here. And then also on the show announced, Kazuchika Okada will be there as well as 
the debuting Buddy Matthews. Hopefully against each other. That'll rule. That would fucking rock. Yeah, let's and do that. And Ren Narita and Will Ospreay had a killer Super Junior match a couple years ago. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that match. That, both those sound, that, that entire show sounds great. That show sounds awesome. I think it's going to be available on Fight. I think you're going to be able to watch that live. That sounds like one well, to death. Head to head out. with Full Gear. Oh, fuck. Really? <laughs> Shit. Oh, you're right. Oh, well. It's head to head with Full Gear, which. Uh, guys, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. what? <laughs> They've sold like 1,200 tickets or something so far. <sighs> I think there's 22. Don't quote me on any of this, but I think there's like 2,200 tickets available, and they sold 1,200 tickets. So I think they're like at near at or near fifty percent capacity right now, God. which at the ticket price somebody added up and the gate it's like a monster gate already. So you figure if Okada could push a couple hundred tickets, and they can get up to over fifteen hundred in the building, um, that's a nice little gate. Um, you know, it, it's like it's funny, and we'll I'll make my last point because I know we're running out of time. But it's funny because New Japan feels cold, right? Like New Japan of America feels cold. Game Changer feels red hot. And New Japan drew 2,200 people at Resurgence. They're going to draw, let's say, 1,500 people to this show. They drew a shade under 1,000 in Philly back-to-back nights. Uh, a little uh, seven 800 in Dallas back-to-back nights. Those, it's like, that's what Game Changer does. But one feels red hot and the other feels ice cold. And I, I understand that's fair because one is New Japan, right? And that was drawing... You know, it was filling up the Cal Palace a couple of years ago. I understand that, but isn't it funny how perception works? Yeah. Like, those are has has Game Changer ever done twenty two hundred? They might have. I, I don't know, but they haven't done like way more. They'll do that in Hammerstein in January, but it's like Game Changer numbers are like around a thousand per show, and you know, a little more for some shows. And they feel like the hottest thing in the, they feel like in the wrestling hottest thing in the universe. And New Japan is drawing like similar crowds, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, why are they bothering? Go back to Japan. Stop running America. This is a travesty." And it's like they're drawing the same. I just thought that was in- an interesting point to bring up. That is that show. Unfortunately, yeah, that kind of stinks that it's on. It is full gear. Not you imagine that makes sense. Well, I'll watch it at some point during that uh, that time period. But uh, that's that. So uh, that is it for this episode of the flagship. As we said, uh, support our sponsors. Keeps. In my bookie again, my bookie giving you just f- a m- weird amounts of free money this weekend. So definitely take advantage of that. Free bet on UFC, free bet on the NBA game on Friday if you're doing that. Plus double your first deposit. Mybookie.ag, mybookie.com, promo code Voices Keeps Keeps.com/slash VOW to get your first month free. Uh, as we mentioned, Patreon.com/slash Voices of Wrestling as well. Five dollar tier, ten dollar tier if you want. Five dollar tier gets you most of the audio. Ten dollar tier is going to get you all the written stuff. It's going to give you the live shows. It's going to give you a live flagship, live instant reactions. A ton of other stuff. It's going to unlock everything else we do on the Patreon. So the $10 is definitely the goodbye. But as we said, do not do it on the 31st. Do not do it on Halloween. Do it on the 1st. The 1st is when you unlock the entire month. You're going to get the full gear, instant reaction. You're going to get everything else we're going to do in the month of October. All for $10. So do that there. Uh, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. And then uh, that is it for us. So uh, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care.